The balloon attack is on the grass. Welcome to Sink Floyd, the podcast where we we watch every movie ever made to see if it syncs up with Pink Floyd's 1973 magnum opus, The Dark Side of the Moon. We unravel that mystery with the movie on mute and the album on loud. Hell yeah. My name can only be discovered if you... If you look at the serial device on the item on the iPhone you're listening to this on, and then read that serial number and through a mirror, and then look at your neighbor's window, and you'll see it's a code that says my name is Gareth Blackler, mm. and my co-host you can only find by putting an elaborate bit of string art through your window while driving, and he'll come to you. It's the homeless <laughs> king himself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Noted owner of a home, yeah. James Barron. Hello. Hi, it's Jaguar Antelope Magpie Emu Seahorse here. How are you going? Uh, welcome to the show, Gareth. It's good to good to hear from you. I'm ready hey, to it's talk good to hear- secret codes and hidden messages with you tonight on our show. Yeah. That's basically all about that. So, <laughs> right? Because uh, we watched Under the Silver Lake, a mm. film. Where a man is obsessed with the hidden messages in pop culture, he does every idea under the sun, like, in order to find out these codes. And he did miss one, which is, of course, playing a movie with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. So we're here to pick up the slack for this (laughs) character. Come on, Sam. (laughs) Step it up, mate. You're a bloody slacker. You're leaving the Pink Floyd album on the floor. I know. He probably owns it. Um, Oh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, and just has never even taken it out of the sleeve, I imagine. Yeah, um, it's too scared. Too scared of the power of the Floyd. Yeah. And fair enough. So are we sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially tonight. Yes. Under the Silver Lake, a suggestion from one of our uh, avid listeners. Shout outs to you. And um, I'd not seen this movie before. Gareth, had you seen this before? Yes, I had seen it, I believe, two times, two and a half times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I come and go on it, whether I like it or hate it or love it. I think there's a mm. lot of amazing stuff in it. There's a lot of just boneheaded, frustrating stuff in it. Yes. Um, yeah, and it evens out. It even out, evens out to a film I would 100% recommend people check out. Mm. Um, and one of those people is you, James. What oh. did you think of Under the Silver Lake? I enjoyed it as well. I agree with your assessment at the end of the last episode where you said it wasn't. It wasn't a. It's not a perfect film, is what you said. No. Um, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot that le- is left to be desired in this. Mm. Um, but overall, I think it's uh, pretty fun. It's pretty. It's a pretty weird movie, and I like weird movies. Um, mm. It's got it's got a lot of the elements that I like. My pitch for people going into this: if you've never seen the movie and you're like, "Hey, maybe I'll listen to this weird show and see if it's uh, <laughs> on my radar or something I want to watch." Um, my pitch for this movie is that it's um, Mulholland Drive meets mm-hmm. The Big Lebowski. Is how I would yeah. describe it. <laughs> it's like it's people trying to solve a case that they're involved in, but also uh, the main character is bumbling their way through it. Like, that's the vibe for this movie. Yeah, that's spot on. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like, in terms of it not being perfect, it feels like they had almost it all there. Like, maybe they had three quarters of the script. And then the writer-director, David 
uh, Robert Mitchell, mm-hmm. it feels like he just got too obsessed with the little things because there's a lot of tiny details in this film. Like there's Loads. an entire code that can only be cracked by other codes hidden in the film, yep. like going throughout the whole film. Yeah. Which must have been like the meticulousness to do that. And then also like a bandit being the same person who lays out all those clues, like gets the product design team, production design team working on those. And then to just like abandon huge plot lines like the owl's kiss and stuff. Yeah. Is like it's so so strange. Yeah. I I have an overarching theory. I, I so this this movie turned me it. into a full conspiracy theorist in that oh, like it, it turned me like there's so many little details as you say. And a lot of it feels really intentional, um, to the point where like, I feel like these abandoned plot lines are on purpose and uh, I have a theory as to what connects most of these things. So, Ooh. We'll, we'll be getting into that over the course of our discussion, I'm sure. But that's a okay. wee tease um, of how <laughs> I went insanely deep on this film. I actually watched it three times in the last, oh. like, five days. So, wow. Yeah. Only once with Pink Floyd, though. <laughs> and that's the one yeah. that counts. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing yeah this is like i when i first saw it i was like oh cool that's a yeah that's an interesting film and then i like looked up one thing i think i just wanted to know who an actor was mm-hmm. and found the entire like the rabbit hole and, the, yeah, the rabbit holes within rabbit holes of yeah. this whole thing yeah it's just a, yeah. a warren down there a warren of tunnels <laughs> that we need to dive into to figure out if it sinks with the magnum opus the dark side of the moon gareth yeah we need to get started um, i feel like because there's a lot i to think cover. we should yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah if we miss your favorite plot hole or plot point sorry <laughs> plot same hole. thing um yeah dive the rabbits down the plot holes that's the second pitch for this film Ooh, I uh, like that. <laughs> oh thank you if we miss your favorite plot point just you know let us know let us know your theories and everything on um twitter at sync pod or gmail syncfluidpod at gmail.com oh man we're doing the plug at the top this is crazy yeah why not just let us let us know your theories because it's interesting yeah yeah i think this film also does a good thing where it does point out that conspiracy theories aren't cool (laughs) oh yeah just yeah just up top like the fact that like, it really plugs into the kind of narcissism of being mm. someone who believes they're the only ones who can, un- like, unfurl the mystery. Exactly. And the perfect scene for it is um, <laughs> one that I think we kind of were like, oh, do we even talk about the scene? Um, there's a scene where he lays out what looks like all a bunch of clues, and then it does reveal that... And if you got your kids in your car um, while you're listening to this show, you're, <laughs> you're in for you've a got other things to deal with. <laughs> but, um, it reveals that he's just, you know, jacking off to all of this. Yeah. And it's like the perfect metaphor for kind of like what a conspiracy theory in the modern era kind of is. Yeah. Great so, point. Yeah. Just up top, you know, conspiracy theories, we're going to have some fun, but they're not cool. They're kind of dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, lame. our show also does come worryingly close to a conspiracy theory. And like, I feel like it was a little bit of a tongue in cheek suggestion when we got this and that um, as our show is like, you know, have you like play the record backwards and you hear the devil's voice? That's sort of mm. the like wheelhouse and area that we operate in. But we <laughs> yeah. don't endorse a lot of like 
conspiracy theories in general in our day-to-day mm. life it's just that this one's fun and harmless so yeah <laughs> you know um that's just our proviso i think for the show yeah. uh but um. yeah that being said i do go mega deep and turn into like a, a terrifying conspiracy theorist on this episode so that's just me just too i'm so warning. excited all right oh, let's <laughs> do this i'm really excited to get to what you've how you've ruined your life this week and oh then how God. I've ruined mine. I've changed. <laughs> <laughs> I only know the codes, Gareth. Oh. You look at me and you just see the matrix. Now. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, speak yeah. to me, opening credits, everything that you know. A24 logo, baby. I'm filled with confidence and joy at seeing mm. that. Um, the movie Love starts with um the thing that i was referencing with my intro um just three uh four flashes of uh symbols of of animals unicorn tiger snake and lion um this is a code right at the top of the show um of the movie actually sorry um meaning under the silver lake uh mm. you know the, each of these animals stands for one of the letters in the title so that's why they flash there um also, this this is like a, a recurring code throughout. Um, in fact, in the very next scene, uh, well, the opening scene where we have our boy, our main character, Sam, um, who's a 33 year old, like no hope guy living in like yeah. washed up actor kind of character living in Los Angeles, presumably washed up actor. He knows actors. So um, unknown, but. We don't really know very much about him as we go through the film. Uh, he's introduced in front of a shop window that has been graffitied with a warning saying, beware the dog killer, um, which is a recurring thing throughout the show. There's a dog killer rampaging Los Angeles, murdering dogs of the innocent. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And more will be revealed about that. We, as part of this intro, we actually scan past a guy wearing a shirt with these same animal symbols on it. And if you take those symbols and translate it to the letters that the animals represent, it says "Bewar Dog Killer." Um, so another code there. Just yeah, right immediately. off the top. Yeah. Um, then, uh, so yeah, he he's in this like cafe looking at these girls chatting in the kitchen and there's another code here, which is incredibly hmm. hard to spot, um, a Morse code on the menu. Um, and uh, I think I'll translate that one later. Um, okay. when I get to it, because that's sort of the one that's like the overarching insane code of this movie. <laughs> Um, I'm so glad you've yeah learned all this stuff. Oh my god, I I know everything. <laughs> I, I've like like jacked in and learned like so much. I love this kind of thing. Like ARGs mm. in um, movies and video games are, are a lot of fun. I was involved in one for um, this video game that came out called Oxen Free. Um, which involved like radio signals and stuff. And it, it, there was this huge like hidden mystery in this video game. And it was a lot of fun, like everyone mm. trying to work out what was going on with that. And so this movie has the same kind of thing and sort of like revels in that idea, even though it's all meaningless is the end of the, is the effectively the moral of this movie. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We, we just watched like Sam go about his day. He's like just sort of moseying through LA doing stuff, getting a boba, etc. When at random a squirrel falls out of the sky 
in front of him, falls out of a tree, presumably, and mm. dies right in front of him, right as we get the first line and breathe. Yeah. This is the one thing I cannot connect. I don't know what is going on with the squirrel and why it's here. He's a little, like, puppet. Um, you yeah. got a theory? Nope. <laughs> um, I was, like, thinking, oh, I should have kept track of every animal that's seen in the film and seen what yeah. that, like, S and then D for dog, etc. Yeah. But, yeah. Maybe. Hard Maybe. It's 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 very random. Um, I think it's just sort of here to imply that um, that Sam's sort of living outside of reality in a weird way. Like surreal yeah. things happen in this movie, and whether or not all of it is to be believed is up to the viewer. Um, so I think that's like leaning into that because it's a very like cartoony moment to happen very early in the film. I'm trying to like just do everyone the favor and make a big bold guess, but. Yeah. I don't know, like, it's the opposite of an ascension. Like, it's a squirrel. Mm. Squirrels sometimes fly, but this one's getting lower. Oh, I like it. That's Maybe, good. You know? Yeah. And yeah. It's been yeah. kicked out of heaven, this poor squirrel. Yeah. Poor guy. Um, oh. Anyway. Yeah. It's a fairly shocking experience, and we get this, like, incredibly, like, fucked up, like, focus pull um, on him, like, straight out of a horror movie. Uh, mm. And then he goes to uh, his door and there's a note there saying that he's going to be evicted in five days. Putting like, I like this as like a timeline structure for the movie mm. that he has to solve the case in five days before he gets evicted. <laughs> it's just, it's just fun. Um, not that any of it matters, but it's good. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we go into breathe here at the start, right? And basically every scene is cutting in time with breathe. And it's freaking yeah. me out a lot at the start. <laughs> I was like, like, we're just getting these like fairly like slow motiony shots of like Sam hanging out, um, going about his day, doing the squirrel thing, going home, hanging out on his like balcony. And basically every cut is in time with the song. And I'm like, what? Wait, <laughs> is this the movie <laughs> that does it? Thankfully, no, it's just this intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh man, if the whole movie is like perfectly cut in time with Dark Side of the Moon, I'm going to freak out. Mm. <laughs> um, but no, we're, we're okay. We're um, like dogs chasing cars, you know. We don't know what we'll do when we actually get a movie that's- uh, Dude, I don't know either. I think we'd have to yeah. like call the cops or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I would probably turn into Sam if that actually happened. <laughs> like if, if we found the film- I, I'm going to like flip. We've given out 10 out of 10s on the show for really good yeah. experiences, but I wouldn't say we found the perfect sync with Pink Floyd yet. Um, no. Still, yeah. We've still got time. Um, mm. Still out there, I think. The big fish. Yeah. The 11 out of 10. Um, Just like a Pink Floyd fan when there are only two songs into Dark Side of the Moon, we've mm. still got time. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. Oh. Um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there's yeah, lots of uh, cuts right on beat and it freaks me out. Um, he gets mm. a call from his mum out here who's want, trying to get him to watch a movie, Seventh Heaven. Um, his mum particularly loves Janet Gaynor, who's going to be a recurring motif in the movie. I not, I haven't seen Seventh Heaven. I don't know the significance of this. He does watch it at the end of the movie. Um, it's a it's a particular favorite of his mum's. There's probably some kind of nuanced reason why it's in the film, but I haven't seen it, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, maybe we'll watch that one fun. at some point. Um, yeah. Not after this episode. I've got another one planned. Uh, <laughs> All right. 
So, yeah, we also see that Sam, uh, she asks about his work and he pretends to be there. Um, so, quite clearly, he isn't doing anything about being evicted in five days. Um, mm-hmm. He's like a consummate liar here, um, self-destructive to the end. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll learn that. Mm. Um, so, we're going into On the Run. He's just sort of like perving on his neighbor who has a like- uh, a parrot here who keeps saying things that are completely un- incomprehensible to us. Um, just like, it sounds like it's trying to say words, but we don't know. But this is interrupted by a hot girl, Gareth, <laughs> um, who has come to hang out at the pool um, in this like little apartment complex with her small dog, a Bichon Frise. Mm. Um, and yeah, uh, has a row with the neighbor and then, um, yeah, just sort of is hanging out here. The song that she's playing is also um, one that will become important later on as well, which yeah. is nice. Every All these little details are all here from the get-go. Um, anyway, uh, Sam is basically spying on her with binoculars and she spots him when uh, there's a knock at the door that attracts uh, both of their attention. And he just sort of like tucks and rolls to go and answer the door. <laughs> and it's a character who's only called the actress... Um, but it's played by Ricky Lindholm. Oh, Andrew Garfield, by the way, is playing Sam. Uh, yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And so Ricky Lindholm, who I'm a big fan of because she's um, mm. in uh, Garfunkel and Oates, like a comedy song duo. Um, yeah. Which I'm a big fan of. Um, saw a lot more of her in this movie than I expected. <laughs> she's so great. And she's so kind of wasted in this movie as an unnamed character. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a shame. Most of the characters are unnamed, so. That's true, yeah. Um, it's it's not so bad. Like, I think that's just a style thing where, like, no one's asking anyone's names. It's just, just an LA thing, man. Um, oh, man, yeah. It's saying a lot about Hollywood, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it is trying to be that, like, trying to say something about Hollywood, but they're like, the the overall message about Hollywood is pretty shallow, I think. It's yeah. not really a great, like, it's sort of been done to death already, but whatever. We'll yes, get there. 100%. That's probably one of, one of my biggest problems with the film. Yeah, it's not it's saying like, anything new or interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But I was thinking, like, even if they moved the city, like, if it wasn't in LA, if it was in, like, Kentucky, I guess to us, like, outside of America, we have no real idea about other cities in America other than New York and L.A. That's true. So, you can say something about L.A. and we get it. We're like, oh, yeah, Hollywood types. Yeah. But, yeah, so I guess that makes sense. It just, it's been done to death and it's been done very more- it's been done more superior, which is a turn of phrase I remember an art teacher telling me off for using. <laughs> it's been done better than um, by Mahala Drive. Like, yeah, I agree. But 17 years prior. Yeah. So, but yeah. this is also doing the old, um, the other movie that I said thing. You know, it's trying to be two movies. So, <laughs> mm. we'll, we'll cut up some slack. Um, it's also, um, have you seen In Here Advice? No. Ah, uh, that's um, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie from a few years ago, based on a book. It's also an incredibly trippy LA mystery movie mm. that I think is probably trippier than this one. Like, I was more confused. Right. So, I don't know. Check that out. All right. Sweet. That sounds like me. <laughs> Maybe that sinks with Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that probably will sync with it. And we're just going to skip past it. It's fine. No, <laughs> yeah. um, 
Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, she's come over here um, in like Bavarian attire. Smells something gross in the apartment and he blames it on skunks in the area. At this point, I've noted that things have stopped cutting perfectly in time with the music and I'm finally calm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm back in my seat and have all of my clothes back on. The characters don't though because they're um, having sex um, mm-hmm. on the bed, uh, watching the news <laughs> at the same time, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, there's a report about um, Jess- Jefferson Sevens. Um, who is a billionaire who's gone missing. Um, his family are like all cut up about it. Um, we get the crash sound and on the run during this report, but not really syncing with anything. Perhaps mm. a portent of ill omen though. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the the actress also comments on Sam's Kurt Cobain poster that he has above his bed and he has it signed. I love this detail. He has it signed, but it's by Kurt's daughter. Um, yeah, which is just like such a smart detail, I think, because like he values like Kurt Cobain, but like cannot measure up to like the real thing. Um, mm. He's like sort of modeled himself on that person, like rebelling against stuff for the sake of it is sort of the, the skin deep impression that he's gotten from Nirvana. Um, but yeah, it's just so funny that he's got it signed by Kurt's daughter because it's like, yeah, who is she? Like, what the fuck? Imagine and that- she still signs it as Kurt Cobain, doesn't she? I think so. Yeah. Oh, so wild. wild. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after six, they uh, sort of muse over what the parrot is saying. Um, Ricky Lindholm suggests like various things as to what it could be. Um, not a friend being one of them. It's not like super important or clear to the clue what the parrot's talking about, but that's fine. Mm. Um, also, the clocks go off here, not syncing with anything. The clocks from Time by Pink Floyd. Um, heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> now that's a song. Um, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she finds a Playboy next to the bed uh, belonging to Sam with a woman floating upside down underwater on the cover. Mm. Um, and also some weird notes that Sam is working on, looking a lot like the notes that I made while watching Space Jam 2 <laughs> in cinema while listening to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Ah, the, the most important piece of the puzzle of this film is Space Jam 2. Oh, it is. It'll all come together when he finds LeBron. Um, oh, I mean, you could argue that LG Rhythm from Space Jam 2 is... Like the songwriter. Yeah, is kind the of. songwriter himself, you know. He's hiding within every piece of pop culture. Yeah. Trying to get his own twisted messages out there. About could well be. His jealousy of LeBron. <laughs> That's it. That's man, what I could watch that movie are. again, actually. Oh, <laughs> like no. Space Jam 2. I don't think you could, man. I feel like you'd get, like, through the opening and be like, oh, actually, I was right. <laughs> James, I should have listened to James, and now I'm trapped yeah. watching Space Jam 2. Now on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> they should put that on the cover. <laughs> now, I'm now I'm trapped, trapped. watching is like just a sticker <laughs> on the top. <laughs> we cut from here to like a weird like, uh, oh shit. It's a reference to a horror movie, this shot when it's like tracking across the ground really, really quickly. It's like that. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't remember which one, a zombie movie. Um, mm. I'll get It's like Jaws hate. if Jaws was in a car. Evil Dead, I want to say. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, he picks up a zine at the bookshop um, named Under the Silver Lake, hence the title mm. for the film. Um, it's about unsolved mysteries in L.A. Um, and like cryptids and stuff. It's very like 
um, Welcome to Night Vale vibes, X-Files yeah. adjacent. Um, shout outs to another podcast. Um, yeah. It, and yeah, that kind of thing. Um, mm. uh, the shop owner says he doesn't like it much, um, but he will uh, give the guy who makes the zine Sam's number when he asks him to um, so that he can meet this guy. Because it turns out they have like similar interests, um, <laughs> both being LA weirdos. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Sam goes home and sees a skunk in the bushes near his apartment. So, he wasn't kidding about the skunk thing. I think, like, it's either, like, him mentioning it makes skunk appear, um, which is a possibility, or, like, skunks do live in LA. That's, like, a real thing. Mm. Um, they got skunk problems. It's wild. Yeah. I can't imagine. We don't have skunks in New Zealand. Um, so, uh, as far as I know, maybe we do. And they're just really good at hiding. Um, oh. Now there's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's hiding the skunks? Who and why? What are they spraying to neutralize the skunk odor? <laughs> Just the, it's big, big kiwi bird has stamped it out. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, he's going. I feel if we had skunks in New Zealand, mm. I would get skunked every day. Like, Why? knowing my luck, I'm always falling over or- Oh, no. Like, t- t- today I dropped my um, card to get on, get through the train turnstile. Yeah. And <laughs> as I picked it up, my butt hit the turnstile and I fell over more. Oh, no. <laughs> if there was a skunk, it would have totally got me. Were dude. you trapped in like a Three Stooges uh, bit? <laughs> Like, no, it's not even the first time that's happened. Oh, Often, no. Oh, man, you're just no, like big a- big butt problems. Just a, a slapstick comedian. It's too bad that none of these pratfalls show up on the podcast, honestly. Yeah. Just like edit in some like cartoon crash sounds or something. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those like woo 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 Yeah. <laughs> just whenever we have technical difficulties. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Uh, after seeing the skunk, he also sees the Bijon Frise, the dog um, owned by the mm. girl, just sort of like weirdly standing outside- um, her door, uh, and he feeds it a dog treat, which he happens to have on him. Hmm, all caps, H M M M M M. Um, <laughs> what's up with that? Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, the girl comes out and they sort of have a chat. Uh, it turns out her name is Sarah. Um, and yeah, she invites him in for a drink. Uh, she like questions his like stalking of her, but like doesn't seem like turned off or whatever. They seem mm. sort of into each other. Um, yeah, they get high together off off camera and then watch How to Marry a Billionaire, which is uh, such a nice call there, filmmaker. Good mm. work. Um, and yeah, uh, they're watching, and to the left of the TV, there are three dolls representing the um, characters in the movie. This is clearly a um, one of Sarah's favorites because they've even got like little name tags, little um, yeah. uh, placards in front of them that have um, a strange cipher underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, these codes can be translated to tombstone sheriff entries. Um, and they provide a clue to the the overarching grand uh, conspiracy from earlier. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. So you are aware of the three word thing. Yes, I am indeed. Oh, good. 
Oh, phew. Because, like, yeah. it's one thing to explain a pop culture hidden message thing on a podcast, but to explain it to your co-host, you feel even more wild. No, I'm ready to talk about it. I'm going to save it All for right. the end, and then we're going to cover yeah. that. Um, anyway, um, she's also wearing a strange, like, metal wristband on her arm mm. with her name engraved into it and with some, like, 90s-ass font. Um, it's pretty funny. Uh and yeah, she's like, oh yeah, an old boyfriend gave me this. And she's like, okay, <laughs> weird gift. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we go into great gig here and she has an even weirder ritual here where she eats um, saltine crackers and sips OJ orange juice at the mm. same time. Um, and apparently this is the best. It sounds truly awful. Um, I cannot think of a worse thing to eat <laughs> in combination, yeah. honestly. It sounds like really dreadful um but okay shout outs to you we're girl. just not on a high enough plane man i guess we're not, not getting it i feel like it would just like the soul team would just like immediately disintegrate in your mouth mm. and like just be de- dreadful um yeah that's my main problem like the sweet and salty like i've had salted yeah. rock melon and stuff but the fact that it was just the saltine would turn into mush i just hate yeah it's not good like orange yeah. juice is thick enough already you don't need like mm. saltine gunk in there in the mix i don't know oh no um oh. anyway that's why no one's ascending with us no, for sure we don't we don't have that weird taste uh yeah <laughs> beside this show um <laughs> yeah uh so yeah th- it goes quite quite well he's into this weird ritual because they have a wee mm. kiss and uh, things look like they're about to go down um but uh uh people arrive at um sarah's house presumably her roommates and mm. um she uh is like i think i think you gotta go uh they'll pick up again tomorrow um and yeah so they they leave fairly awkwardly um walk of shame style and um we see these these roommates who are like hanging out with and they're hanging out with a guy dressed in a pirate outfit <laughs> yep. who's like incredibly nonplussed <laughs> this pirate yeah. least least impressed pirate ever um i love this guy though i, I want to know so much more about this pirate um yeah anyway uh fireworks are going off outside at random when they go out and uh they're like Stira is quite taken with them looking up into the sky uh and yeah there's she's like yeah i'll see you tomorrow now these fireworks are actually yes. going off in a sequence of morse code yep <laughs> that says uh, when translated i ascend now which mm-hmm. in the universe of the movie sarah is interpreting and as like a message to her and is ready to go um She's like awakened like a sleeper agent kind of. Yeah. Um, wild. So good. No, I love this that- isn't explained in the film that no. it's Morse code. This is just something someone out there decided to listen and track it as Morse code. And there was a message in there, which is- So sick. Again, a level of detail that astounds me. And I wish it had been saved like that if it had been put into more of the script. But yeah. I love it so much. So good. Uh she also seems scared as they go off because we can't hear them because we've got Pink Floyd playing. Yeah. But as she looks up and is taken by these fireworks is when the vocals kick in for Great Gig in the Sky. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. A scary moment. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I think she's like mostly just very quickly translating Morse code in her head. Um, That's true. While like Sam has been like, hey, so I'll see you tomorrow. And she's like, shut up. Um, 
I like <laughs> trying to do yeah, that. Don't make me lose count here. <laughs> yeah, it's quite tough. If you've ever tried, if you've ever heard Morse code, they go bloody quick. It's yeah. a skill that's now lost, Gareth. Mm. Because everyone Morse. who could do it has had to ascend. Man, imagine if instead of like texting, we just used Morse code to communicate. We had like oh, wow. phones with two buttons on it, and we just Morse coded everyone. Everyone knew it. That'd be wild. Whoa. Um, Bro, what if, because what if the real reason, like I was talking about this with a friend, why are there so many vape stores? Like <laughs> there can't be that much need for vaping unless, and this is what this movie's done to me. My yeah. brain immediately went here. <laughs> the elite are using smoke signals to talk to each other. Oh my God. They're Gandalf that, making the ship. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're vaping to pass the messages. That's why yeah. they come in so many flavors. Right? I mean, you don't want to be talking to your friend exclusively in bubblegum flavor. Oh, I switch out. You do. <laughs> you do, though. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, like, you're like, smells like peach. Ah, it's a message about the secret tunnels. The now I'll read the smoke signals coming mm. from my buddy Brian. <laughs> there it is. There it is. It makes perfect sense. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. What happens next in this film? I'm okay. worried about myself. <laughs> Get us out of this. Clear away the haze, James. Um, uh, something bloody rough happens next. Um, Sam sees that his car's been like keyed and graffiti oh, to yeah. have a huge cock and balls on the hood. Um, and also someone's put some sticky goop on his door handle. Mm. <laughs> Unidentified goop. I don't know what this is. Um but it's a pretty rough prank. Anyway, uh, he spots the kids who did it, like, just down the road and goes up and, like, immediately, like, punches one to the floor. These kids are, like, looking like they're about 13, 14. Yeah. Um, force feeds one a raw egg. They were carrying eggs, like, egging cars and stuff as well. They, these are well-prepared pranksters, but they weren't prepared yeah. for this. Um, yeah, force feeds one a raw egg and beats up another one and letting a third get away. Fucking mm. rough. I think this is introducing that Sam, like, has his own sense of vigilante justice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if somebody wrongs him in the wrong way, he'll, like, snap um, in that kind of way. Uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely mm, saying that Sam's not a great guy. No, yeah. Um, pretty pretty rough stuff. Um, yeah. We get another news report here with uh, on Sevens and his disappearance. Um, and this, 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 uh, news report has a ticker at the bottom with a clue to the cipher being used throughout oh the gosh. Film, um, as yeah. well, uh, just an extra detail, uh, going into money now, um, we get the ching coming in and we get an, and like right on the, uh, animated aside here, loved these, um, mm. like fully animated rendition, um, for, under the silver lake uh, being read like a like it's a, a little film within a film kind of thing um oh what's the movie that is um that does this uh, don't they do it in the watchman movie i the think Pirates so i think i'm thinking comic? like sin city does it i think oh yeah yeah it's what it reminds me of as well because it's all black mm. and white um yeah uh and yeah the it's very good uh they're just like really well animated and really fun. The the, the story's not; it's a nightmare. Um, yeah, <laughs> it details a found footage uh, film canister um, about a man committing suicide, um, holding the note: "No one will ever be happy again. 
and uh, no one uh, gosh no one will ever be happy here until all the dogs are dead um and yeah he like shoots himself on screen mm. uh there's an explanation that he was a out of work actor who loathed like a wonder dog um who was getting all the fame and fortune that he desired as an actor but it was a dog and so that's why that happens and uh the writer theorizes that this could have served as inspiration for the modern day and yet undiscovered dog killer which haunts la um murdering dogs um yeah who is the dog killer eh hmm huh? uh, do you have a theory is this another yeah it's sam like is this okay <laughs> it's gotta be right <laughs> yeah it's it's obviously sam but that's okay we'll, yeah. we, we'll get there in fact it's like all but confirmed in the very next scene because um sam uh dreams of following a trail of dog treats mm. out in the park at night and he comes across uh sarah's dog who is dead and rotting on the path um and then sees sarah ahead of him like feasting on the remains of a corpse and when she turns around she has like a creepy man's face <laughs> instead of her yeah. own um and uh she's very just, maholland drive very maholland drive um yeah. a very david lynch in general because she turns mm. around and barks like a dog at him and then the body splits in half and disappears into the underbrush on either side of the path yeah. by like magic. It's truly terrifying. This part of the film, like it was mm -hmm. like, holy shit, I'm in for like some hereditary stuff um, <laughs> going on. Uh, pretty wild. I, I did like it. It's <laughs> like, okay, I'm on board. Um, doesn't get used that much, but that's fine. Um, yeah. Cause this was an, in fact a dream. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's like it's it's so heavily implied that Sam is the dog killer. But mm. wh what that truly means is the real mystery of this movie, Gareth. And I'm got I, that yeah. le leans into my overarching theory. So we'll get to that Ooh, as well. Okay, that's more teasing. Um, yeah, put more pens in the board, listeners. Put some more. These are, this is all important. Um, mm. Anyway, uh, so yeah following morning he goes to see um sarah again like he said um but her entire apartment has been cleared out completely it's completely empty as if no one lived there and he's like what the fuck goes to see his landlord who by the way has like a fantastic set behind him whoever set up this mm. landlord's office so many good little details here um i was just really impressed with the set dressing um and yeah uh the, he says that they left like forfeiting their deposit and there wasn't anything really weird about their disappearance he's like maybe she just like didn't like you that's why she didn't yeah. say anything um he also reminds him that he's going to now be evicted in four days so we're counting down the clock he goes and tells his friend at the bar um that's the character's name friend at the bar uh, yeah <laughs> uh played by Topher grace i just call him Topher grace because it's yeah. Topher grace and like a funny little hat as well for mm. most of this movie um and yeah just tells them the whole weird weird, uh, weird story and Topher grace is just like huh that's weird man and that's sort of all he does throughout this whole movie um yeah just sort of muses on like different ideas and then just goes like oh boy howdy that's weird okay <laughs> and that's yeah. it um he does bring up though he brings up the dog killer to sam a lot of people bring up the dog killer to him mm. and he sort of avoids talking about it in fact in this scene he tears up a little piece of paper while um and also corrects him like Topher says have you heard about these dog killers and 
uh, Sam's like, it's just the one killer, actually. Um, <laughs> Hot fuzz. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So I, it's 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 so clear that he's the dog killer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not at all a mystery, um, but that's fine. Yeah. It's just like I think when you watch this movie, like so much stuff gets thrown at you that you kind of forget the dog killer by a yeah. certain point. Yeah. There's a so, lot yeah. of extra stuff. It's just everyone keeps mm. talking about the dog killer and- yeah, it's it's like it's supposed to be painted as the big mystery of the film, but it isn't really um, like you no. think you're going to find out about the dog killer, but it's just background noise because it's not a mystery to Sam is the important part. Um, ah, yes. Yeah. And so he's not oh. at all interested in that. Um, That's a really good way to think about all the loose threads this movie leaves is like they're not what he's interested in. They're yeah. not a mystery to him. Like yeah, maybe yeah. he already knows some of the stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I think so. Um, but anyway, he unsatisfied with this, um, description by the landlord, he goes back to the, um, apartment and sneaks in, breaks in, um, and goes into Sarah's cupboard and finds like a box of her stuff in there, the dolls from earlier in there. And, uh, he takes a Polaroid photo of her from it. Classic noir detective move with a Polaroid photo. Love that. Um, Hmm. And then, yeah, he hears someone come in and quickly, like, dives out the window. Um, and it's a girl we don't recognize um, who just comes in, picks up the box of Sarah's stuff and takes it away in a bank. And mm. Sam's like, what the fuck? Um, and we go into money. And as we do, uh, she leaves and closes the door behind her. And we see that two diamonds have been, like, etched into the wall um, mm. side by side. Uh, an important symbol for later. Um, uh, anyway, so Sam's like, what is going on here? And decides to like become a detective in this moment. Yeah. Sam like tails her and, and she hops into like, just like incognito walking down the street. Um, there's a, there's graffiti that is cl- a clue for the coffee menu code that I'm avoiding talking about. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Yeah. And yeah, uh, this girl gets picked up in a car and he follows in his car, which is not at all incognito because there's a giant cock and balls etched into it. You would think you'd notice that in your rear view, but whatever. Um, uh, they get, they go along their merry way. They stop at like a sports field, get out. And Sam is like watching them from across the road um, and makes a note of the symbol that he saw earlier. And then the scorecard at the stadium uh, flashes up the numbers seven five one, and he's like, "What?" And then they just get back in the car and drive on. And you're like, mm. "What?" And so he writes <laughs> that down as well. Um, they head to uh, Echo Park Lake, which is like a LA place. I've I've learned a lot of like LA geography, <laughs> yeah, um, as part of watching this movie. Um, uh, yeah, Echo Park Lake, um, and they go out here and hire a pedal boat, which is hilarious because Sam also hires a pedal boat to go back into hot pursuit mode. Just, it's hilarious that there's this like hot pursuit stakeout in a pedal boat in this movie. Yes, um, yeah, very funny. Um, coincidentally, um, seven five one Echo Park Lane is the address for this boat shop, uh, ah. boat hire place. So that's why they came here um it's the code uh yeah um in real life as well um Mm. uh 
Yeah. And money is the, isn't it the fifth track on Dark Side of the Moon? It's in seven, four time. Ooh. And it's about one thing. Money. <laughs> that thing's money, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we aren't Solved. in money though. We're in us and them, Gareth. At this no. Point. Tragically. Because um, oh. I did say that's that, a song about two. Yeah. Like, oh, dang it. That's not in no. the number 751. Numerology oh. has failed us yet again. Um, Unless you were supposed to wait one song before starting the album oh, to truly get the. Maybe. Oh, no. Maybe. Oh, no. Um, yeah. So, Us and Them is playing. And it's weirdly yeah. chill, like, tail music, which I enjoy. Like, mm. um, him in the pedal boat with Us and Them playing in the background is a good vibe, honestly. Yeah. Um, I wrote kind of sinks. Yeah. It kind of works. <laughs> um, anyway. We see these girls um, like are just pedal boating to the other side of the lake. They pull up um, on the on the shore and hand the bag off to the bloody pirate guy that we saw mm. earlier. And we're like, oh, fuck the pirate um, who just like fucking takes off at a run, <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, he wants so bad to be so incognito, but he's a pirate. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, you like it's just like LA things, I guess. Like you just see yeah. it, a pirate like running down the road with a Banana Republic bag, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> so it goes. Yeah. Um, anyway, Sam can't pursue this guy obviously because he's in a pedal boat. <laughs> There's no way to like get after this guy who's like beating the pavement. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, he continues instead to follow the girls who now go to, he's been following them like all day. They go to a rooftop party, um, which uh, when he arrives, um, these uh, two ladies introduce it as purgatory. Um, and mm. unsure as to the significance of purgatory, but that's fine. Um, there's a live performance by a band called Jesus and the Dracula Brides going on. Yeah. Um, who are a in-universe band um and yeah there's a lot of talk about jesus and the dracula brides um i do love that later on in the movie one of them uh says that they were originally the frankenstein brides of frankenstein because they were worried that the vampire thing would be overplayed mm. <laughs> um lots of like funny like aside lines like that in this movie um yeah, their song that it keeps playing, like, at the show and yeah. later on the record, is actually real good. It's a <laughs> great song. I to it in my free time. Yeah. Music in this yeah. movie, I believe, I don't know if he, he was involved in this band, but, like, the score was done by Disasterpiece, mm. who also did the music for um, the previous film from this director, It Follows. Um, yeah. And Which is a perfect film, like, for all we're- clowning on this film for being completely messy yeah as it follows is like a clean it's really like, good film that meets its own ambitions perfectly mm -hmm. which is astounding that it's the same director and writer <laughs> right yeah uh, um, but yeah good score i would say as well mm. like that we are completely covering up uh with Dark yeah. Side of the Moon, so. and the song is i think written by the band silver sun pickups oh my god the silver sun oh, pickups ah do you that, know them? Or I do know them. Real cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> oh man, great stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, in the crowd there is a girl covered in balloons. Um, yes. Notably, 
this character is called Balloon Girl. Uh, <laughs> and with good reason. Um, she is doing a dance here as part of the performance, question mark? Maybe not. She's just sort of doing her thing, um, mm. dancing around. She's She must be involved because um, everyone's been given pins. Sam was given a pin when he came into this um, performance. And as part of this dance, um, people pop all the pins that Balloon Girl has except for one. And Sam throws away his pin very quickly because um, he's trying to be incognito and doesn't want to pop uh, this last balloon because yeah. presumably like something happens when you pop the last balloon, <laughs> you know, like maybe they have to kiss. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he, he throws it away being like, oh, God, don't talk to me. Um, anyway, he does continue to stalk the girls that he's that he's tailing he like goes into the pool and hides behind an inflatable beach ball which is yeah. very funny um and they're just talking about the band who they just came to see this band they, they love jesus and the brides um yeah and i haven't chat about it they, it seems to be fairly pedestrian what they're talking about um he like goes into the girl's bathroom and accosts the one who was uh in sarah's house being like hey do you know this girl? And she just sort of brushes him off, spits gum in his face and he like grabs her and then she kicks him in the nuts in self-defense um, and like sends him down as Pink Floyd sing down and out in mm. us and them, uh, which he bloody is. Um, and then some girls come into the bathroom and shout abuse at him being like, you can't be here. This is the girl's bathroom. Uh, and we get a cut to Sam's perspective and all of the girls are just barking dogs. Like all of the voices are over like ADR dogs coming in. Hmm. All caps. Mm. Um, so he, head, he heads back out into the party, but all the girls, the, the girls have gone obviously uh, after this because yeah, who wouldn't? Um, yeah. So he's lost that lead. He runs into um, a guy that he knows, a uh, friend, question mark, um, Alan, who's played by uh, Jimmy Simpson. I love this actor. Love this guy. Yeah. Um, especially in uh, Westworld. But yeah, I do, li- oh, yeah. I do like him in this movie. He just sort of plays like a coked up uh, friend of um, that drives the plot forward, but not really yeah. <laughs> has a character. Um, he's just a good, good presence. Um yeah, he sees that he's trying to chase down these girls but has no leads and um, we get into any colour you like and we see that the daughter of Jefferson Sevens is here, um, gets recognised as Millicent Sevens um, at this party. One of the few named characters other than mm. Alan and Sam yeah. and Sarah. She has a last name as well. She's out here having like a good time at the party, um, which Alan says is not a classy move. Um, while her dad is kidnapped. But Sam mm. says, it's hard to know what a person might do when they're in pain, uh, which I think is a super important line that gets really glossed over um, in this movie. Like, I think I think that, like, really sums up my main theory, and I'm going to circle back Ooh, to it. Um, okay. Anyway. Uh, so, they get invited to a um, Secret Jesus in the Brides show. Secret Jesus show is all I've written down, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and the ticket to the show is a cookie um, that's been numbered. Sam gets the cookie number 76. I don't believe 76 is important, but anyway. Um, I mean, 751. Oh, 5 seven, plus 1 is 6. 76. True. Good point. There we go. <laughs> 
thing lining up there. That's that's a yeah. that's a, a dot, a line drawn between two dots. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so a, a girl, unnamed girl here at the party, um, sees on her phone that a news report has come out, a tweet, in fact, that um, Jefferson Sevens has been uh, killed in a fiery mm. car wreck. And we watched this news reach the ears of uh, his daughter Millicent in real time. Um, we see like the news rippling around the room and then someone coming over and whispering in her ear. And we see like, it's really well acted. Her demeanor like completely changes and yeah. she immediately leaves like in slow motion, like going into this elevator. It's really dramatic and really well shot. Um, and yeah, it's like hmm. the, like the shift in this, in this character is again, like sort of, yeah, we'll get there. Um, uh, so yeah, Sam walks home from this party and gets a call from the author of under the silver lake, um, which he sent his number to, and they, uh, say that they're going to meet up the following day. He gives him his address or whatever. Um, uh, well, Sam looks over his shoulder a lot as we're walking through the park here and we creepily see like silhouettes of people just standing there oh, and yeah. staring at him. Um, one even appears like right in front of him. It's fucking terrifying. This is like full oogie boogie Gareth. Um, mm. uh, these guys are unexplained. The, um, it's, it's just, uh, I believe they're just representations of paranoia, but, um, uh, yeah, they, uh, they freak him out and he hides in the bushes where, when he gets home and gets sprayed in the face by a skunk, um, which yeah, rough stuff. Uh, yeah. Bad. It also proves that these visions just then weren't a dream because the skunk exists in real life. Yeah. The skunk, the skunk gets him. To make um, it more confusing. Yeah. Uh, potentially, uh, I have a theory as to why these are happening as well, but anyway. Oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I guess I could They're get all the into dogs it. he's killed. Yeah, it could be that, but I think it's mostly re- like the parties, um, tends, he tends to have parties and then has these like weird visions afterwards. I think it's like he's on drugs and like, oh, and yeah. it's heightening his paranoia. Um, mm. and then like the the skunk is all real but he's seeing things that aren't there and that's driving him to hmm. like freak out and hide and do all this weird stuff um anyway that's just my theory but yeah we, we've like never that. seen we haven't seen him do any drugs in the movie so it's just like yeah i think the hmm. parties as like in the movie themselves are representations of um him doing drugs so uh, anyway, we'll get there. Uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty implied he does he does drugs. Yeah, like, yeah. All it, of his interests and yeah, yeah. Uh, also, so yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, God, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, I'm sorry. It's oh. okay. Uh, we go into brain damage as um, Sam like strips off his clothes as we get, as we get this news report on Jefferson Sevens's death on TV. Uh, and he like pauses the screen with TiVo and uh, because amongst the bodies um, were three prostitutes presumed and a a small dog, um, mm. a Bichon Frise, in fact, a Bichon Frise. Um, and yeah, like he's like, what? And then like pauses the uh, broadcast and this guy, uh, there's a policeman on screen uh, carrying a hat which matches the hat um, that Sarah is wearing in the photo, um, mm. the Polaroid photo that he has, identifying her as also a victim in this crash. 
and a potentially a prostitute. Um, so he's like freaked out by that because now she's like dead. Not only is she missing, but presumed dead. Crazy. What is happening here? There's something going on for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in order to uh, clear off the skunk smell, uh, Sam takes a bath in tomato soup. Apparently, I don't know if this is actually a cure for getting skunked, but maybe nah, it is. that's uh, an urban myth. Really? It, um, it doesn't help. Yeah. Makes sense because no one, because he still smells of skunk for like the remaining <laughs> X days. Um, so, yeah. Um, but while uh, this is happening, we get another aside because the actress is also here hanging out and reads another copy of um, Under the Silver Lake here. Um, and we get an animated int- uh, thing of this for the Owl's Kiss, um, mm. who is a serial killer with a woman's body um, who wears nothing at all but a mask made of owl skin and goes around seducing men and women of L.A. alike and then kills them. Um, sort of a supernatural force, uh, she is described as, yeah. but all too real in the eyes of the author of Under the Silver Lake. Um, and yeah, the actress is like, yeah, whatever, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Owl's Kiss. We'll come back to it. Sam yep. um, uh, talks about hidden messages and music, um, which is uh, exactly our purview. Um, yeah. And he even says, like, are these things exactly what we think they are during the line Dark Side of the Moon? Yeah, baby. There it is. Oh, boy. Um, hard to argue with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feeling pretty judged. Yeah. Feel- you got us. You got us, Sam. Mm-hmm. All right. Like, you got us, director. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But he's talking about all these musical theories and stuff that... Um, satanic messages if you like back masked tracks and things like that um he explains his notes that he was taking he has a theory where watching wheel of fortune he noticed that vanna white does a pattern of glances um uh, where she always looks in certain directions every time um and Mm. he's trying to work out if this pattern that he spotted uh is a hidden message like she's trying to communicate something um, Pink Floyd also sing you shout, but no one seems to hear when he says this, which is interesting as well. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this, this like secret message thing, it's just as bizarre as what we do, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he's starting his own show. Yeah. The Vanna White pod. Um, mm. uh, yeah. The actress like looks at him weird and then he goes like even further. He like goes on this like insane monologue about how there are hidden messages in all media and secrets and codes that aren't meant for regular people. Um, and yeah, they're both encoded to manipulate the masses and also like communicate among the mega elite. Um, is like his like whole thing. I mean, uh, she like gets weirded out by this and says that it's a little <laughs> weird and then just leaves. <laughs> Um, as yeah. we, as we go into, um, the end of our first playthrough of the album, uh, Eclipse yeah. and into the heartbeats. Um, so there could be something to be said about the fact he kind of lays out the thesis statement of the film right as the album ends, you know? Yeah. Could be. Could yeah. be a thing. But that could also be a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is also what this movie seems to encourage. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we see Sam doing this exact thing, watching Wheel of, For- Wheel of Fortune and Vanna White, etc. And he mm. sees Sarah out swimming in the pool. 
um, nude and he goes out there and is like, what? And then she turns around and barks at him like a dog. Uh, again, proving that this is another dream. Um, and he looks down and like, she like jumps into the pool and then there's no one in there. Um, yeah. Right. As we have these heartbeats between the playthroughs, it's pretty dramatic actually. It's like a bit Mm. intense. Um, yeah. Uh, the following morning, we also see that Sarah's apartment is now a crime scene due to her being involved and linked in this car wreck. Um, so no more investigation there. Not that there's anything to find. Um, Heading back in to speak to me uh, the next day uh, and his car gets towed away because he hasn't been making the payments on it. Again, he's been distracted by these um, mysteries and everything else Mm. in his life that he's not actually like fixing his own life. Um, He's getting caught up in the minutiae of all this like silly stuff when he should be paying attention to more important things. Um, Anyway, uh, the tow tow truck takes off and we go into a breathe. Mm. Um, he's content. So he is now walking to, um, his destination and, uh, we see a billboard at advertising optique lenses and with the phrase, I can see clearly now, um, written on it at the, the most insane clue Mm. in the bottom left, uh, (laughs) corner of this billboard is a clue for like the key puzzle where it just says E equals E E which is like the final clue you need to solve something, <laughs> which is just bananas that it's this like incredibly small um, thing on screen that people yeah. love it. Um, yeah. Would they have like, would they have just faked all this in post or do you reckon they built like almost definitely this EE sign? The, the billboard looks pretty um, fake to me, personally. Okay, sure. especially when it gets covered up at the end of the movie. There's some mm-hmm. like incredibly fake looking like workers up there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's just me. Just little army men. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just looks like too close to the ground and lit wrong is the issue. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, just it's I'm splitting hairs. Um, so he rocks up to the author um, of the Under the Silver Lake, the little zine, um, who's credited as comic fan, but I just call him the author most of my notes. Yeah. Um, he's played played by uh, Patrick Fischler, who is uh, one of my. He's great. He's the creepiest part of um, uh, the David Lynch uh, movie Mulholland Drive, Gareth. Uh, mm-hmm. And I love to see him here because he's a perfect yeah. fit. Um, just yeah. Quick. So I was all ready to be like, oh, and David Dusmation's here from Dune. And then it's not him. It's Patrick Fisher. Yeah. And then I freak out when it is, yeah, the guy from Mahala Drive who's in the dream sequence yeah. that we referenced earlier. Oh, my God. And to put a bow on this linking of Mahala Drive, the only mm. film we haven't been able to <laughs> give a definite sync to. All right. Yeah. And the other LA, this LA mystery, and also the mysterious boys and Pink Floyd. Mm. What are Patrick Fisher's initials? Oh shit! G and F, like Pink Floyd. Oh my god, he's got us right, right? all along. Oh wow, he's unsinkable because he is Pink Floyd. He is Pink Floyd. Yeah. Whoa. What is his? <sighs> Oh, of course he'd be in this movie that makes perfect yeah. sense okay we've, we've, that's another another <laughs> ball of string that i need to buy um <laughs> for my pin board um yeah so this he's a creepy old boy and i love him and he, he's just yeah. playing like a, a, a weirdo here um 
and loving it. Uh, yeah, he's got a, co- a collection of life masks in his house, which is like um, casts of famous people's faces used for TV and statues. Um, it's very creepy. Um, mm-hmm. There's a great line that he says about, um, uh, he's like, man, I should get a family. And then he's like, these people, they need to be remembered. And that's like undercutting what he's like. <laughs> He, he is so out of it that he is like not seeing the forest for the trees with that statement. Yeah. It's so good. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so this author uh, immediately identifies the symbol that was uh, drawn in Sarah's room when asked about it um, as uh, the hobo code symbol for stay quiet. Um, he even gives Sam a little pamphlet, which he probably made on these um, symbols that uh, hobos used to communicate to each other on the street. Um, hobo code, I believe is like very much a real thing, but I don't yeah, think yeah. it's like, I don't think these symbols are accurate to real life, but that's fine. Um, yeah. I think some of the ones you see in the book are real. Like, okay. I recognize some from like, I went into deep dive about them in university. Cool. <laughs> I got real into, um, the one that means it's like, it's safe to sleep here. I used to like have a sticker of that on my laptop, which mm. means it makes no sense. Why would I sleep on a laptop? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> It's sort of implying that you, like, aren't doing as much work as you should be. <laughs> yeah, it's safe to sleep behind my laptop yeah. while pretending to work. There you go. But yeah. only for those who know the Sobo code. <laughs> uh, we go into uh, On the Run here. And, yeah, this guy's, like, a little bit off the deep end. He uh, He's like, I just assumed that the, the owl's kiss has something to do with everything. Yeah. Even the $1 bill. Uh, where he identifies there's a little owl um, as part of the design on there. And he says that this is proof that we all live under the owl's kisses jurisdiction. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> dude. Um, yeah. Uh, he then goes on a tangent about codes and subliminal messages, mainly focusing on sex and advertising. Um, we get a lot of examples of these just flashed on screen as if they like, like through montage style. Mm. Um as a statement in this movie, I think this is a little bit shallow because there's a lot of like needless sex in this movie. Yeah. And a lot of needless female nudity and male gazy kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd like, I don't know if it's being like, isn't this world fucked up? Like, look at all this sex in this movie. Um, and also sex and advertising. It's all linked, guys. Um, I don't know if that's the like, the thesis or the statement but it doesn't work for me i'm like yeah it sort of felt like a little bit cheap to to do this and then also have it it's have your cake and eat it too kind of thing um but anyway yeah it's very much um it's kind of like why i say this movie's boneheaded is it's like yeah it's very much like trying to say like oh hollywood treats women like wrong which it does yeah but it's saying that while also yeah exactly showing a Just lot having, of like nudity like, and then not like not naming female characters and yeah. like them not having any agency other than to be killed to advance the plot. Yeah. I think it's a film that could have ha- been helped quite a lot by having like a female co-writer or, hmm. if, or any kind of co-writer just to kind of take him out of this world, the writer out of his deep world and kind of like remind him who people are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that tracks as a theory for me. God. Uh, yeah it's just yeah it, it just is so bad the way that like a lot of the nude scenes are just like really unnecessary as well it's yeah. just like 
like it, the people don't need to be nude in this scene for me to get it. And mm. it's, it's not advancing the plot in any way. It's just like, I get that like Sam is a gross guy and he cares about this stuff. And so I guess like as the audience, we have to care about it, but I'm just like, ugh, ugh. I don't know. It's just, too, it was, it was too much. Uh, yeah. And like considering, um, it follows is such a like sensitive kind of movie that doesn't yeah. like slut shame anyone or anything like that. And it's like quite a sex positive film for a movie about a demon that kills you if you have sex. Yeah. Like for then this to be like, yeah, just feel so just kind of mansplainy about yeah, right. um, women's like women's rights. Pretty bizarre. Yeah. Oh, well. There's a nude scene in this that is that I absolutely hate. That's also the poster. And I think it's kind of like the worst part of the film, but we'll get to that. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, cool. Cool. Something you don't like. <laughs> yeah, it's like for dessert, we're having nails and you're like, cool. Cool. <laughs> I will enjoy eating all the nails. Thank you. <laughs> Is there any milk? Um, he's like monitored up his house, the um, the creepy guy, um, uh, to prevent the owl's kiss from getting to him. He monitors it and videotapes everything. And yeah. um, we look around his room and it's like a combination of the like Pepe Sylvia strings and um, uh, codes and things. There's even a cipher for part of the codes in this movie um what you can use um mm-hmm. and uh mixed in with like childish stuff like uh little statues and uh handmade um things handmade little figurines and things like that so clearly this guy is like never grown up kind of um but yeah uh yeah anyway uh yeah so his closest lead he talks about like the the big secret the grand conspiracy that he's trying to he's working his way towards and it involves a cereal box uh like lenticular map that you overlay to like find secret spacemen (laughs) um (laughs) and he's like we get the crash sound over this which i find funny as hell as if it was like some kind of grand dramatic reveal um, yeah, it is for him, but it's not for anyone else. Um, he does cite the fact that the map is a geographically to scale uh, map for the Hollywood area, <laughs> which is a bizarre <laughs> detail, I will admit. Um, pretty sure the cereal isn't real, but I'm not entirely certain. I don't live in America. Um, but this kind of thing was real, having these like cereal box competitions and things coming in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and his like idea that his whole life's worth is figuring out what this what this means box map means exactly. Yeah, Aye. yeah, um, silly. Yeah, so we get the the clocks going off in time here, obviously. Um, as Sam goes to visit uh, Topher Grace um, mm-hmm. again, again, just to be like, this weird shit's happening, and Topher Grace is like, yeah, that's fucked up, man. Um, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> um, and goes to a graveyard. Um, where a short film is being um, projected on screen or like actually maybe a real film. I don't know. Um, and nah, this film's not real, but yeah. I was going to say, but the people in it are real. I was Whoa. Like, of course you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, it's an animated feature. No. Um, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the girls, um, the real girls who were starring in the film um, are in the back 
um, hanging out near where San is, and he like recognized mm. them as the the people in the film. And he's like, "Hey, you're the the actress in the film. That's cool." And she's like, "Yeah," and, <laughs> and they just sort of like <laughs> chat for a bit um, and get ushered into a limo going to a party, and the door of the limo is closed by the goddamn pirate guy. Yes, we're back on the trail, Gareth, um, <laughs> and like he flips and tries to like go after them. Um, I don't know how he follows the limo. Again, he doesn't have a car, <laughs> but sure. Um, uh, I, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just goes to the next scene. I don't know. No, because he's going to the... He's at the Hollywood Forever um, gravestones. Yeah. And then he goes to the mausoleum that's there as well. So he right. Got, he kind oh, of realizes he's... Of course. He may have once been Spider-Man, but Andrew Garfield's not fast enough. True. Absolutely. Right. So, he goes... Yeah, he just goes to the mausoleum here for the secret... Dracula Brides show, um, mm. Jesus and the Dracula Brides. And um, as, as part of entry is instructed to bite the cookie that he's been given to get let in. Um, and he has the whole thing in one go. Uh, yeah. He looks adorable eating it. He does. <laughs> it's, like, it's really funny. Um, yeah. Very slovenly, <laughs> but like, yeah. but like adorable. Um, yeah. This is a weird, like sad art show gig. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> that we're in um down at the um mausoleum uh which i guess is appropriate but there's like a bassoon <laughs> it's wild and <laughs> um, we're having great gig as well which is the pink floyd song most likely to involve a bassoon um, that's true <laughs> so that's good um there is a bassoon on that song it's just um you know they forgot to mic it dude so bassoons are so hard right. to hear regardless it's the joke oh, really? one of the orchestra jokes is that no one can hear the bassoon no one can hear what it's playing at all um oh. it's like a, a bill bailey bit where he has like a whole orchestra and um get, <laughs> like has the whole orchestra play a song and the bassoon player is playing something completely different <laughs> and no one can tell. It's great. Um, oh, man. Give me a bassoon. Yeah, man. No, I'd love to be in a band but not do anything. <laughs> That's my secret dream. <laughs> it's a really impressive looking and instrument as well. So, yeah, it's, I feel Ooh. like it would be an easy one to fake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out. If you play the bassoon, get at me. Fight me on Twitter, yeah. please. And shout out to the bassoon player we've hired for every episode of this show who's has been bassooning away just unheard. In, in the background, yeah. They've yeah. been providing a wonderful service throughout uh, 19 Yeah, it's honestly episodes. the best part of the show, but yeah, no one can hear it. No, well, yeah. So it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah. love bassoons. They're so big. Yeah, they're, they're hilarious. <laughs> uh, Sam is handed a um, free copy of the record. This is like for the show and also runs into Alan again, who's just like hanging out here. And he says that he heard from somebody that there's a hidden message in this music mm. and of Jesus and the Brides, which is he's speaking my language. Um, and yeah, uh, Sam also says that Balloon Girl is here and goes over to chat with her um complimenting her dance from last night and yeah she's like oh cool uh, <laughs> that's enough for <laughs> balloon girl um uh yeah he asks her about sarah and she does know her and so um they go to like an even more underground part of the mausoleum a different club yeah. down here um called the crypt club um, which seems like a bit more fun and a bit more kitschy than the actual yeah. mausoleum. Um, so that's good. Uh, 
where like, there are gravestone tables and things. Um, and yeah, Balloon Girl says she doesn't know what happened to her. Um, Sarah, that is, and also says that there's no hidden music in the music, uh, hidden message in the music of uh, Jesus and the Dracula Brides. Um, and she says, it's silly wasting your energy on something that doesn't matter. And she says this right before blowing up a balloon and popping it. Like, I love mm. that that that's her mentality like because balloons are so fleeting as an idea um like she's they're like a very live in the moment kind of thing and that's also her character so you know i th- I, th- I just think that's tidy um yeah it takes the sting away for us who have now watched this movie like have spent five hours with this movie and <laughs> now recording and mm. yeah you know, you know, it's okay to waste your time on things that don't matter. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm yeah. relieved. I wish I had a balloon girl to tell me that. Yeah. Um, oh. Just just hanging out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we go into money and they're like dancing and hitting it off when st- Sam starts having a bad trip uh, due to the cookie that he wolfed down. It was a it was a, one of those drug cookies filled with yes. drugs. Um, oh. And yeah, he goes and throws up in the bathroom. And then when he comes out, balloon girl is nowhere around. Um, and she, he sees uh, in the distance instead, that girl from Sarah's apartment, one of the girls he was tailing. Uh, yeah. And like chases her through the graveyard, yelling out for her to stop. Um, and she's obviously terrified of the stranger. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he... Um, uh, yeah, like can't keep up and passes out because of the drugs. And yeah, um, we see him waking up the following morning in the graveyard to another call from his mum, who's like checking in on him again in two days. I will note um, important. Um, and Ooh. he is uh, lying on uh, top of the grave of the of her favorite actress of um, his mum's favorite actress, Janet Gaynor, who is resurfacing again. Um hmm. And yeah, uh, walks home and sees that big billboard one more time as well. Um, so uh, he goes home, starts playing with uh, Super Mario Bros. with uh, Topher Grace on the NES. Topher Grace not starring in Super Mario Brothers. It made it sound like he was, Jeff. <laughs> He's not one of the Mario Brothers. He would make a good Mario, though, actually. I could see him yeah. jumping up and down. Um <laughs> He gets home and starts playing a hacked version of Super Mario Bros. where Topher Grace is the main character. <laughs> I bet you, if any actor has made a hack, a Super Mario hack, it's Topher Grace. Oh, of course. I forgot about that, that Topher Grace, to relax, edits movies. Oh, man. We yeah, need man. to get him on the pod and find out if his vision of Star Wars syncs with Dark Side of the Moon. Absolutely. Like, I feel like yeah. if we could get any celebrity, this is not shade on Topher Grace. I feel like no. he would be the most down to be on our show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a glowing, con- like, uh, not condemnation, glowing recommendation of Topher Grace, honestly. <laughs> what a good guy. <laughs> uh, I think he's just, he'd just be down for it. Um, Take care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's again talking about, like, mysteries and secret codes and stuff and how in the modern age there's nothing left to discover um as an idea which again is sort of half-baked in this movie i think um but whatever uh we go into money's second verse here as um now uh he's trying to work out this hidden message in the album playing it um 
playing it over and over again, writing out the lyrics on a pizza box, the lyrics to the, the song Turning Teeth is the name mm. of the song, um, playing it backwards, doing the back masking thing, not doing anything. Um, this is where he does the horrible um, going into his room and like jerks off over a pile of media trying to like put together the mystery, I guess, but also <laughs> jerk off. It's gross. Um, yeah. Uh, and at random, he turns a page of the porno magazine in front of him, the Playboy, and um, discovers a an ad here um, for a company called Shooting Star, um, like a, a call girl kind of um, service. But mm. it's featuring photos of the two girls that were in the movie that he was looking at, uh, that he watched um, the last night and went off with the pirate guy. So, he's like, aha. And... He calls the service and gets one of them to come round and asks her um, questions about Sarah. Um, and she's like uh, here trying to do the whole cool girl thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and is sort of a little, not really evasive of the question, but like is just like, yeah, doesn't care. She saw her once long ago at this bizarre party which she describes as like full Gatsby, <laughs> which I enjoyed um, like a massive mega party in a whole neighborhood where you could roam around everywhere and just drink and be merry. Um, hmm. And she says, but uh, we could go anywhere except for one large uh, gated part of the neighborhood up on the hill. And um, she was like, yeah, I don't know. Apparently it belonged to some songwriter um, and we'll get to him. Uh, yeah. Oh, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Uh, Asin then comes in with the solo and, um, Sam tries to continue. He goes after this, like, call girl aside, um, goes back to his secret codes and cracking the case, um, and uses the letters in Turning Teeth to decode, uh, a message in the lyrics of the other song on this EP, Surrounded by a Dove, which is a hilarious song title, by the way. <laughs> um, and yeah, he like uses the the sequence of like the number of letters in one song uh, along the letters of the other song and the lyrics of the other song to uh, uncover the message, rub Dean's head and wait under Newton, um, which yeah. is cool. It's like a fun little like crack in the case moment. Um yeah, it's a pretty, like, zany thing to do, you know, like, count the letters in the words of a song and then use them on a completely different thing yeah. to try to figure out a secret message. That'd be like, imagine if we <laughs> counted out the letters of the every song on Dark Side of the Moon and then put it next to the script of Under the Silver Lake and mm. tried to find out a secret message. Mm. Anyway, so I did that. <laughs> <laughs> what what um, did you find? So there's no easy computer program that will do this for you. So I had to get all the lyrics out, count them myself in a word doc. Um, so obviously, you know, you get breathe seven letters, breathe seven oh letters gosh. in two, the three, air three, et cetera, et cetera. So I ended up with a big word doc of just numbers after numbers. Yeah. And then I found the script to Under the Silver Lake, which, by the way, the first page of is... Um, the actual cover of the Playboy that he likes. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I had to quickly delete that off the PDF because it was on my work computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, yeah, I 
started um, highlighting random letters, well, the letters that mm-hmm. correspond. So yep. the first letter, seven letters into the script is H, and then seven more letters is E, and then two is L, and then E, D, and I'm like, okay, he led, he led, he led. Or held, okay. or... <laughs> or, yeah, he led. So I keep going, I get another D, I get an O, and I get an I. Right now, I've got he led. Do I? Oh. Could it be do I follow? That would be mm. amazing. Do I? Do I? But even if it stops, even if it stops here, even if the rest is chaos, I've got he led. Do I? Two full-ish sentences that just kind of slightly change perspective. <laughs> and then I get C-L-I-A-A-L-O-N-T-N-N-N. W C F H and I give up because yeah. the rest is gibberish. <laughs> well, and that is the secret message of Pink Floyd and Under the Silver Lake. Perfect. There we go. We found it. Oh. We cracked it. <laughs> <laughs> give it. Give it to the cipher people. They'll they'll figure it out. Just oh, send yes. the send the documents in and be like, hey guys, I, <laughs> I did this. <laughs> Can you identify what it means? Oh, it'll be great. Oh. Just the biggest red herring. Um, <laughs> amazing. Uh, so. He led, uh, do I. He led, do I. Uh, we'll, we'll find out what that means, I'm mm. sure. Um, so, after cracking this um, this case, uh, rub Dean's head and wait under Newton, uh, he determines this to be at Griffith, Griffith Park and Observatory, which is like an LA feature. Um uh, show, like most people know it. I knew it from, I recognized it from Bojack Horseman of all places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, plays a big role in the story of that show. Um, and yeah, he goes there and uh, rubs the statue of James Dean's head um, before waiting under the statue of like scientific, um, uh, famous scientific discoverers. There's a word there that I'm missing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sits under a statue of Isaac Newton and um, waits there for a while. And then the homeless king comes out. <laughs> mm. And yeah, it's it's a homeless guy with a crown made of cardboard, spray painted gold. He's the homeless king. And I can't make that any clearer. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's who he is. Uh, <laughs> without any further explanation. Um he says that he'll take Sam where he's looking to go um, and gives him a blindfold and then, yeah, leads him down the path. Um, we get a couple of uh, interesting uh, conversation pieces with the homeless king here as they're walking a <laughs> long way. Um, and, yeah, Sam hears a dog barking and gets freaked out by it, but it's actually a coyote. And the homeless king has some advice about coyotes he says that if you see one you shouldn't run away you should follow it and see where it goes um, because <laughs> the coyotes own the world and we just live in it it's some you know uh, mysticism kind of stuff yeah um, that's what separates us from the homeless king is we're not following coyotes enough it's true the few coyotes to follow is even fewer skunks um mm. So, you know, it's tough out here in New Zealand. God, we don't- and I'll probably try to follow a coyote and I'll drop my bus card and hit my butt <laughs> on the turnstile. <laughs> oh, no. All these coyotes <laughs> getting on the bus. God damn. Yeah. Impossible. Um, oh. yeah. Well, the roadrunners are just 
And the cars getting there quicker. Yeah. And then they slam into the wall and you're like, maybe I shouldn't have been on that bus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, brain damage uh, kicks off here. The lunatic is on the grass and um, the uh, blindfold gets lifted off Sam and he is in a underground like tunnel or bunker. Um, mm. And yeah, like explores this like huge open cavern. Um which expands out into like multiple different directions and then opens up onto what can only be described as an Egyptian tomb door <laughs> with a mm. giant like uh, eye <laughs> like engraved into it. Um, and you're like, whoa, okay. Um, in- I love that this is all explained. Inside there's a uh, fairly, it goes inside this door and inside is a fairly modern looking room with um, like, boxes and plastic covered furniture and four toilets and four sinks um also coming out of the roof and a very tongue-in-cheek touch there are full-on green mario pipes um Mm. (laughs) because we're underground baby (laughs) very very funny very surreal um yeah so he's like just looking around at all this weird stuff assumes that it's like a bomb shelter or something and then um comes up, uh, goes through a tunnel and appears behind uh, the fridge door in a supermarket behind the milk. Love this touch. This is a really like classic childhood mystery thing being like, what's behind the back of the milk? Like what, how Mm -hmm. do they, there's a space back there. What goes on there? You know, like that's a very classic um, dumb little mystery that kids get obsessed with. And yeah. I love that it's like there's this grand overarching thing in this movie that's behind it. It's so good. Um, mm. When this happened in this movie, by the way, like he finds a secret message. Yeah. Goes to some tunnels, ends up back of a supermarket. This was when I first watched it. The moment I was most into it. I was like, this is perfect for me. Yeah. It's it's bananas because yeah. you're just like none of this is like he's like worked. He's cracked this case and like does the thing and then it just gets so wild from there you're like oh my (laughs) god like you you as an audience member feel out of your depth like which is really (laughs) really good because that's exactly how the character feels um it's so good he's like stumbled upon something that's not at all meant for him yeah speaking of like childhood mysteries did you ever want to as a kid get locked in the mall overnight what i th- i think that would be <laughs> horrifying um oh, no. i was a very scared child as i uh will remind you um okay. so <laughs> i feel like i would have been too spooked too oogie boogied to participate in such a dream was that were you oh, really man. into that yeah i really wanted like oops i got locked in the mall and i guess read all the books in the bookstore and Aww. like eat all the food that's quite sweet I yeah, like that. But I loved reading the books at the bookstore that I didn't buy. Like most of the Captain Underpants books I got through Whoa. just as a kid sitting hidden away around the corner of like the um, like most unused section of the bookstore, just reading and then remembering where I was when it was time to go. Man. And then coming back like a week later, picking up the book and continuing. That's a high stakes book to read at the bookstore because they have yeah. flipperamas in the yeah. Captain Underpants books. If you've not read Captain Underpants, this part of the podcast is incomprehensible. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Actually, I will say I didn't flip the flipperamas because I didn't want to get in trouble with the bookstore. Employees. There you go. But then later, I remember going to a friend's house, 
like a family friend and it was maybe a party, I snuck off and found their Captain Underpants books and did the flipperamas there. Completed your, the loop. You you risked your friendship instead of like the the public shame of tearing a book in a bookstore. I respect that. I respect that choice. That's hilarious. Oh man. Shout out to Captain Underpants. Shout outs. Good stuff. Um, mm. Dan Pilkey, I believe, is the author. Um, Dad, yeah, Dad Pilkey. Pilkey. Sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway. Great guy. Uh, so, we back to the film. We go to yeah. the Silver Lake author's house. Sam goes down there and we see that that's now a crime scene. And we're like, mm. what? How is he connected? Um, the police officer says that this guy has killed himself. Um, and we're like, whoa, came out of nowhere. Um uh, Pink Floyd agree because they say can't think of anything to say as we're I believe um, mid um, great gig here. Uh, actually, no, we're in brain damage, aren't we? Oh, yeah, I need to work out where we are. Yeah, we're in brain damage. Sorry. Uh, he wait. Sam like not satisfied with the guy saying that he killed himself. There must be some like grander conspiracy because his whole world is upside down right now. Um, waits until the officers leave before sneaking in to have a look. Um, and yeah, sees the guy's bed like covered in blood. Um, and we go into Eclipse and he uncovers the like secret panel from earlier and goes and checks out the guy's security tapes to see what really happened. And we watch, he rewinds it and we watch the scene and the goddamn Owl's Kiss, who is real, (laughs) comes in. And stares at the camera and scares the hell out of Sam and us. <laughs> and we're like, what? <laughs> the owl's kiss was real? Um, and yeah, he grabs the cereal box, um, uh, the key to everything or whatever, and then gets really, really freaked out and leaves. Um, and fair enough. Um, yeah. I love that the owl's kiss is real. Um, quote, unquote, real. Uh, we uh, call... Uh, Alan on the phone just to get in touch with him. He says, I need you to get me in touch with Jesus, which is very (laughs) funny. Um, And uh, the funniest scene in the whole movie to me is Alan explaining where he's taking him. (laughs) Because it's like a three second scene when he's driving um, Sam to this party. He's like, yeah, it's it's a chess party where the rich guys... Uh, he invites people, uh, he invites, uh, people he likes and, and hot girls around to play chess. <laughs> That's it. It's like really, really quick description. And then they're just at the party. It's just such, so, such a funny cut with so yeah. much information. And like, it's just such a bizarre way to establish like chess is being part of this as an idea. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, anyway, uh, speak to me coming in, play through three, going into breathe. As we're at this chess party, we see that everybody, um, most of our suspects are here. We've got um, shooting star girls, we've got the the balloon girl, and we've got Dracula's brides and Jesus himself. Um, Jesus gets up to go to the loo um, and Sam accosts him while he's on the toilet and beats the hell out of him. Um, trying to like, he's like, why did you put a secret message in your songs? And Jesus like doesn't know anything about this code that he's talking about, but he reluctantly reveals that he didn't write any of the hit songs that his band have. Um, in fact, 
uh, he was convinced to record them by the label and it was asked, told not to ask too many questions about it. Um, yeah. The only information that he got was they were written by the songwriter. Um, and we've heard that name before. We've heard that mm. the way that's said before. Um, and so Sam uh, just abandons Jesus here <laughs> and drops Jesus like a stone. And um, <laughs> goes to ask uh, the shooting star girl um, to uh, take him to that gated neighborhood from the party story that she mentioned. So, they do that. Uh, yeah. So, he sneaks into this um, area, climbs the fence and goes up to this like beautiful house. The house is like a, a painting, um, like deliberately done, like a, a painted fake backdrop reminding me of the movie House. Um, yeah, which is really good. And, uh, yeah, goes into this property. There's a tennis court here, um, with, um, a stave of music notes on it. And a, f a fun little Easter egg here is that these music notes, um, create the melody, well, like a part of the melody from It Follows, um, the previous ah. film. That's what these notes, it's like the dun, 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 dun sound. And that score, um, uh, again, same composer for both movies. So, it's just a nice little, like, shout out to Disaster Piece, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's also in the universe of this film saying that the songwriter who we're about to meet wrote the score for- I guess, yeah. It Follows, and It Follows as part of this conspiracy and is supposed to alert the rich of something. Maybe. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, we sneak into this guy's house- and we encounter the songwriter. This is a like big scene. Um, he's in a room full of instruments. Presumably he has a, a bassoon. And oh, we hope. Uh, the songwriter himself is at a grand piano just playing pop songs over and over again. Mm -hmm. Lots of different pop songs. Um, uh, he claims to uh, have written most of pop music. Like most of the hit songs of the modern generation. Like going all the way back to like like the 19 like 50s and before um yeah he's written even like beethoven and stuff is implied yeah really yeah right like he's this like mythical kind of figure that's written every piece of um pop music under the sun and weaved mm. in these secret codes and messages for higher powers in order to make a paycheck doing so um uh, Sam says like she, he's like oh yeah I'm just trying to make a bit of money and Sam's like well you clearly have everything and the songwriter pointedly says that no he doesn't have everything he's like no mm. um, which is I guess important but it's like I'm not entirely sure on what this is implying like money like and fame can't buy you happiness maybe I don't know um, yeah he's it's like not rich enough to be the rich elite in this film maybe yeah like, even though he's written every song. He's not quite at the level of sevenths, et cetera. I don't know. Yeah. Um, either way. Um, yeah. Uh, he is basically says that he's getting, like, a, a sort of sick satisfaction out of, like, um, leading the world down the path. Like, tricking everyone into believing that, like, different people wrote all these great songs when it's all him. Mm. And he's like, all of the- all of- um, your he says your art your writing your culture is all made from the shell of another man's ambitions he's basically saying that like media in general is like a business and is not 
really for you. It's in service of like people, um, the rich and famous, you know, it's, it's to, yeah. it's all a business. It's all a sham. And any kind of satisfaction you get out of a piece of media is like pointless and stupid and worth laughing at. Um, it's sort of the idea um, that this guy mm. is presenting. Um, yeah. And it sounds like really heavy and kind of like prescriptive, I guess, to describe this scene, but it's the best scene in the movie for me. It's like, oh, yeah. It's this old ancient man, like the fakest looking old age makeup. Oh, yeah. Um, sitting behind a piano, just doing a medley of like every song and just like saying all this in a way that's taunting Sam into like a rage. Yeah. It's so good. And like, yeah, it's brutal to remember that commerce is driving everything that's ever moved us exactly um he's like using it as a weapon to hurt sam and like yeah specifically he um has uh kurt cobain's uh guitar that he used um mm. from the, the one from the poster that sam has which is great um yeah. and uh implies that he wrote smells like teen spirit um and like by playing it on piano and saying i wrote it here at the piano it wasn't your rebellion didn't mean anything because it was yeah. it's like related to me and what i thought about you know um wasn't ever the values of this person that you look up to um yeah he like blows his nose picks up the kleenex and then that's your wedding song is like that's what he lines. says yeah yeah um and yeah uh sam like gets heated and like goes in to like confront this guy and he starts popping off a pistol <laughs> yeah. like because obviously he's revealed a lot of these secrets um tries to kill sam and uh sam manages to escape these shots um and before the songwriter can reload his gun and shoot him sam brutally murders him mm. by bludgeoning his face in with kurt cobain's guitar <laughs> um yeah for this whole sequence we have on the run going into time which honestly is not a bad fit because it's like a slow build of tension mm. and then having the clocks of time coming in um uh we, yeah we go like riding into the money solo right at the end of the scene after he's like beating the crap out of this guy and like picks up the songwriter's gun here as well yeah they're um, like kicking of um time with the like the Dugan away where it kind of becomes a song after mm -hmm. being just cool vibes is exactly when the shooting starts as well just like yeah almost as if the songwriter's just angry and he's just like start shooting a gun and that's like oh i've also just written a hit song while doing this exactly nice um yeah it just lines <laughs> up really well with the scene um pretty happy with it mm. um again have a theory about this uh Ooh. uh We'll cut back now to Sam's apartment, like, abruptly after this, like, brutal um, scene of violence. He's in a completely different outfit. In fact, he's dressed all in white, um, uh, like, washed out clothes, sort of staring obliquely out into the a storm rolling into L.A., a rare occurrence. Um, mm. And, yeah, he wanders around his apartment with the gun um, that he took from the songwriter and he is attacked by the Owl's Kiss, who uh, um, weirdly appears in his house without explanation. Um, uh, shorter of breath and one day closer to death, Pink Floyd sing as part of time coming back in. Um, uh, yes, this uh, attack from the Owl's Kiss is immediately dropped and interrupted. 
um, by a policewoman coming in to evict Sam, backed up by the landlord, um, and they actually give him one more day to come up with the rent. Now, I feel like this is a good part for me to present my theory. Oh, yes. Um, because the owl's kiss, like, as you say, is like completely dropped from this movie after here. Yeah. The owl's kiss, I believe, is a metaphor for suicide as, as in this movie. Um, okay. As an escape from one's sadness. Uh, because, first of all, um, introduced in the Silver Lake uh, novel sequence. And then um, we go and visit the, the guy who wrote it. He's obsessed with the Owl's Kiss and is certain that the Owl's Kiss is coming for him. And then in the very next scene, he has killed himself. Mm. Um, Sam is like conflicted and is going through a lot of stuff uh, as part of my theory, um, which I will probably get to once we get to the party that's coming up that um, Millicent Sevens is at. Um, okay. I'll, I'll elaborate more here, but um, he, uh, he's going through it and is considering killing himself in this moment because the um, uh, the whole sequence with the songwriter, I believe, represents him like his part of his escape is his love of music and uh, his worship of Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, etc. Mm. That's like part of his identity and coming to terms with the idea that um it's tied to big business and for his rebellions and things doesn't matter it's all part of like a downward spiral that he is experiencing he's like lost that part of um what makes him happy and it's driving him along with another thing is driving him towards suicide and that's why um here he's presented um in all white clothing uh, mm. like a like an insane person in a straight jacket and is um, there's like the, a storm coming into LA like a storm on the horizon coming for him and then the Owl's Kiss arrives uh, trying to kill him again like considering suicide he has a gun um, yeah I just think he's yeah he's considering suicide and this is interrupted by um, the policewoman coming into a victim like reality swinging into him like he's like drawing on all these like things and they're all piling on top of him and then um yeah he uh it, it's interrupted by something real happening and he like is yeah. distracted from killing himself i think is what's happening here okay um anyway i've, I've got more to the theory but we're going to get there very shortly um all right i like it it's going into good and deep yeah going into the like next the silver scene, lake itself yeah <laughs> I, i'm silver lake and over here um <laughs> going into the next scene we've got great gig coming in right on cue um sam sees a uh coyote down by the pool and follows it based on the advice of the homeless king to like a party full of like bougie influencer types mm. um he runs into here the girl from the billboard um that we saw earlier and they clearly know each other from the past yeah um he'd like She's like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? How's work, etc. And he's just like, oh, yeah, like sort of brushes her off. It's very awkward. She introduces his, her fiancé to him. And, um, and she, he's like, oh, yeah, I saw your billboard. That's great. And she's like, yeah, trying to get my name out here. Um, talking about like trying to make it in LA, much like every other girl in this movie. Um, mm. and it's a very awkward encounter and it's not at all explained. But my theory, Gareth, is... That this is Sam's ex-girlfriend 
mm. that he is trying to get over throughout this whole movie. Um, she's the one with the dog that he talks about at the end here. I think yeah. that he runs into her at this party and um, uh, he's been trying to get over this relationship and is like out here doing the dog killer thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like ruined this relationship. And that's uh, why at the end he's carrying around the dog biscuits. Um, it's Sarah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And like he hasn't gotten over this relationship and is ignoring all kinds of parts of his life. He's like not yeah. going into work. He's getting evicted. He's in a state of depression. Right. And is yeah. focusing on the small things that don't matter, like all the codes and little secrets in his childhood. He's like regressed back to that. And that's like my overarching theory for this movie is that it's he's like trying to get over this breakup and is destroying him from the inside out because he's not a healthy person. He's like, mm. um, yeah, he even gets driven towards suicide at one point. And that's that's my my thesis for what this movie is actually about. Um, nice, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's it's the movie version of that. Like men will literally men will literally end up in a deep conspiracy that unravels their whole lives instead of going to therapy. Yeah, that's exactly the vibe, right? That's yeah. exactly the theory. Um, yeah, it's also like this is the most real scene in the whole movie to me. This like mm. awkward encounter. It just seems like. It just seems like it's not dwelled on at all. And there's just a bunch of, um, yeah, it's just like people interacting at a party. Sam's like very out of it. Clearly like got his own stuff going on. He's wearing the white shirt from earlier. He like tried to kill himself earlier in the night is my theory. Um, mm. And yeah, has shown up here at a party that his ex is at and is sort of like at the end of his tether. Um so yeah, that's that's where yeah. that's my theory. So I mean, you could take it like let's say let's just assume like eighty percent of this movie is just in his head. Like we'll assume yeah. even like the songwriter stuff doesn't happen and yeah. all that. Well, like I feel like it's like heavily metaphorical. A lot of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like if we assumed that, and then suddenly you know he does have this real life encounter with his ex, and then because what happens next is he immediately gets deep into the conspiracy and mm -hmm. then immediately like goes home and solves it essentially. Yeah. So like, he's really just, you know, deluding himself or like diving too deep into this world to avoid. Exactly. Pain. Cause yeah. And I will yeah. say you did write about this being the most real scene. Like it's kind of the best acting, even the fiance I noticed like is nailing that kind of awkward boyfriend acting. Exactly. Like, right. Exactly how I feel mm. sometimes. Yeah. Oh, another um, clue to my um, theory as well is his mum calls him regularly throughout the movie, like checks in on him like way more mm. often than a regular 30 year old or 33 year old. Um, and it's because she's worried about him because like he's gone through this experience and is checking in on him like more often than usual. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe the breakups happened like fairly recently. Like, yeah. I think it would have happened like shortly. Well, yeah, it's it's hard to say how much of, throws it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to say how long ago it was, but he definitely didn't get over it at all. Um, and that's mm. why he's like carrying around the dog biscuits and like how real the dog killer thing is up for debate as well. But um Yeah. But like, he could just be carrying those dog biscuits to kill some dogs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could have. <laughs> oh. It's it's unclear. He's definitely uncomfortable about that as well. But um mm. yeah. 
it could just be metaphor. We'll, we'll get, I, I'll, I'll cover that off like when we have that final confrontation. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, he's going to fall back into the conspiracy and so are we. Millicent Sevens is also at this party looking at mm. a painting of Janet Gaynor's, um, the actress. She did this painting. Yeah. Again, coming back. I feel like we have to watch that movie <laughs> just to figure out what <laughs> that means. Um, yeah. Uh, we go into money here and... Uh, yeah, Sam like manages to talk to her when he says, "Oh yeah, I was I knew one of the girls that was with your dad when um he died." And yeah, they like walk away from this party together with Sam like explaining the whole saga and conspiracy off-screen to um Millicent. And she's like, "Yeah, I'm like I'm trying to figure it out. I'm I'm, I'm nearly on top of it." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they come across a shrine dedicated to the murdered dogs of the dog killer. Um, and Sam says here he was bitten by a dog when he was younger and he's a bit afraid of him, of them. Again, I'm not sure how real this is. Um, but yeah, uh, they get yelled at by a homeless man. And Sam says he hates the homeless, stating that they're bullies who float around on the edges watching people, um, jealous that they can't participate and they harass others um which is huge projection on his part like this is again like typical um like breakup stuff like he's not able to participate in a relationship and so he like mm. uh, harasses people and is jealous of this and floaters on the edge or edges and lashes out much like this homeless man i think is the idea um yeah yeah he's seeing what he doesn't like about himself yeah exactly because it's like quite like a harsh read um mm. but anyway uh millicent asks if uh he's ever swam in the reservoir and convinces um, them both to go out there and swim naked um and yeah she has actually taken him out here to lead him in on some extra information she thinks that mm. this conspiracy is all real and gives him a bracelet which her dad had and it looks exactly like the one sarah had yeah um and she's like they're talking about it uh, before they both get shot at by snipers mm. and Sarah dies, um, gets shot and is floats down into the water in the same exact posing and position as Sam's Playboy magazine cover. Um, again, yeah. leading into like this not being actual or real. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, that's the scene I hate is like. We've got a woman kind of just dying for plot, like to advance the man's plot, and she has yeah. to die naked, and it has to be a callback to a real life porn magazine. Like, yeah, weird. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> weird. No, and thank you. Yeah, um, and then because of that, I had to quickly delete a weird. Like, imagine explaining what I was doing with that PDF. Like, no, no, yeah, I'm right. circling all these letters <laughs> for a joke on a podcast. Obviously, yeah, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> So worth it. I'm proud of you. Thank you for your service. Um, it's all right. It's going to get worse in a second. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, so the following morning, uh, after this bizarre evening, uh, tries to uh, decode the bracelet that he's been given. Um, hmm. It has the numerals. It has NPM 135-37 written on it, um, along with Sevens' name, um, Jefferson. Uh and uh yeah it's, it's, we're at the end of money and pink floyd are saying giving none away <laughs> because they aren't giving away the clue he's got to work it out yeah. um and he did like bloody googles it uh, which i find very funny 
he just uses Google to figure out the code. It doesn't work. Yeah, um, famously, Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man used Bing. So, you know, whoa. he's getting there. There you go. He's evolved. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, man. It'll be Ask Jeeves next before you know it. Um, yeah, he has the brainwave that, of course, NPM stands for Nintendo Power Magazine um, issue one, um, which is, yeah. by the way, like $100, that magazine. Um, oh, wow. Uh, because of its rarity. Um, mm. Anyway. And it gets defaced in this movie. Disgusting. Um, uh, yeah. So we go into Us and Them and um, goes to 35 to 37, the pages of that magazine. And it's the full um, spread. It's a du- like a double page spread of um, the Zelda 2 overworld map <laughs> laid out. Um, and he numbers the squares of the Zelda screens like a chessboard and then draws the path. Um, but it doesn't mean anything on the map. It's like uh, just sort of I assumed when I watched this for the first time that he was going to like do a playthrough of Zelda 2 <laughs> and like <laughs> go between these two screens and then like a secret message would appear. But no, yeah. <laughs> we're not full ready player one yet. And thank God um, uh, he tries to figure out what to do uh, and then pulls the clear tone map out of the author guy's cereal box and it's a perfect yeah. overlay for the zelda map which is nice it's a it's a fun little thing fun little reveal mm. and it reveals this path um from the reservoir to mount hollywood it's not very clear um what you would do at this point but thankfully google maps has the answer um, yeah. because there's just some blank squares saying satellite footage not found in this location um, and so he's like, I've got to go there and figure out what it is. So we hear yeah, there. I just two quick things about this. Okay. I bloody love that it's, he just tries it and it's a hundred percent the correct thing to do. Yeah. And it's based on the things that are in his house already mm-hmm. <laughs> solves the mystery, which does lend credits to your to theory. My theory. Yeah. Yeah. Like, of course it's just the one thing it does. It also adds to the like this being a takedown of conspiracy theories because it's like oh he was the one person he had all, he the, had right all the clues yeah yeah but i did wonder like maybe this isn't actually that rare so i found a map of auckland from okay. the year 1973 which Ooh. is of course when dark side of the moon was released <laughs> and in photoshop i put the album cover of dark side of the moon over top of this map and right. sized them up to the same size interesting and the ex- yeah, and then I looked at the exact point where the little white line of light hits the triangle because I was like, that's the point where everything changes with yes. the artwork, right? That's when things happen. So this point of this triangle in Auckland in 1973 is in a little neighborhood between between Mount Eden and uh, Rimuera, often called Balmoral. Mm. And I don't know... If you know this, but when we started this program, I was living in Balmoral. Whoa. All right. So I then go on to Google Maps and I find this exact point. It is sadly three blocks away from where I lived. So okay. That's pretty wild, Close, though. but no cigar. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, I'm like, okay, there's, yeah, that's it. There's nothing. There's no mystery. But then I went to that location, Jeff. Whoa. <laughs> he's he's caching. Yeah. I was like, can't trust Google Maps. What if we learned from under the silver light? Yeah. So I went no to this location, footage. this corner, and I stood there. I looked around. 
I, uh, nothing, nothing of note except for one sign. There's a sign there that says Pencaro Panthers walking school bus. Hmm. And I tried to take a photo of the sign and then took the photo when I left and got home. <laughs> yeah. The photo was blurry and it was just of the grass. Oh, no. Something had stopped the photo being taken. Oh, my God. You found a Luckily, cryptid. Yeah. I googled Pencaro Panthers with quotation marks. No results. Oh, whoa. I checked on the local school's website for <gasps> Pencaro Panthers walking school bus. No results. So then- I have to go back. I have to go back to my previous clue. He led, do I? Mm. What do walking school buses have? They have oh leaders. Oh, my God. Yeah. And now, so we've got two things. We've got someone needs to lead this walking school bus. But, like, what could be the next hint? And, of course, <sighs> P.F. Pink Floyd. P.F. Why, that's, of course, Paul uh, Patrick Fisher. Yeah. And what was he in? He was in Mahalad Drive. Now, Mahalad Drive connects- to Dark Side of the Moon via one man, Naomi Watts's dad, Peter Watts. Oh, shit. Naomi Watts stars in Mahalo Drive. Peter Watts was Pink Floyd's sound engineer and road manager mm. for the Dark Side of the Moon era. And he also famously is interviewed on Dark Side of the Moon, giving a couple sound bites. So, therefore, he knew, oh, God, I've got to be interviewed by Pink Floyd for, my, for the album tonight. Oh, man, I'm going to be up so late. I don't know if I can take Naomi, who's five years old and has started school, to school tomorrow. Oh, my God. I don't know if I can lead the walking, tour, the walking school bus. So, he engineered the album artwork. And, of course, this movie that comes out mm, 40, 50 years later. <laughs> um to give a message to his wife, Naomi Watts's mother, that, sorry, I can't lead the school bus. He led. Do I? Amazing. No. <laughs> no is the answer. <laughs> yeah. And that is, we've looked for it. It's taken us 98 weeks, but that is the true message of Dark Side of the Moon. Whoa. No, I can't lead the walking school bus to get Naomi <laughs> to school tomorrow. Oh my god, I'm a little yeah. bit delirious after that. Um, <laughs> after that theory, that's that's opened my worldview, and I think I'm a different yeah. person now. Man, oh yeah, incredible now, work. If you want to know like how seductive the idea of conspiracy theories must be to people who like it has stakes for them or like they need it to confirm something about their life Yeah, is after doing this, I biked home and a single fajoa fell down and I was like, Oh, that's weird. A fajoa fell out of a tree. Mm, and then I was like, squirrel. shit, I need to take that. I need to take that fajoa and crack it open to get the next secret message. <laughs> and I had to stop myself and be like, no, no, we're not going that far. <laughs> we have the answer. It's the fortune cookie fajoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. oh my goodness incredible but yeah if anyone wants to go deeper and wants to put the map over the map and find that fajoa join the Fijoa, bus sorry yeah get on the bus lead the <laughs> oh my god because this walking school bus needs a leader somewhere yeah Pinkaro they're, they're going nowhere without <laughs> a leader right now yeah oh my god that's wild oh. incredible work fantastic thank you thank you um yes oh, okay Back so to we the watched movie. the movie. <laughs> we watched we watched the movie Under the Silver Lake. Under uh, Under the Silver Lake. Um, yes. Uh, Sam heads off to find the location that's not on the satellite footage. 
he comes across a barricade in his way with um, three slashes um, on it uh, and checks his little hobo code pamphlet, pamphlet and it says uh, this is not a safe place. Now, the mm. grand conspiracy in this movie, the ARG. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. We have to be hit by a second conspiracy yes. so soon. Hitting you again. All the clues lined up um and all brought together as part of this arg and uh al- allowed you to uh interpret the morse code at the start of the film which is on the coffee menu which is mentioned on another code that you had to crack using a cipher that was mentioned in a tv ticker at the bottom of a news report and it was what three words but of course the e in three, of course, is a double E because of the tiny little sign that we saw on the on the on the billboard. So it's what mm. three words? But what does that mean? What three words could we be looking for now? What three words itself is a website where you can uh, put in any amount of three words um, that allow you to search uh, for locations that mention those three words and like gives you a direct coordinate. Um, also, their logo is three slashes, much like the hobo code for this is not a safe place yes. appearing in the movie. Um, so it's a double lead towards this website, what three words. Now, I believe that the, the uh, conspiracy goes even deeper here and because the people were trying to figure out what three words they were needed. There were, there were a couple of places um, that they tried and went there. Um, one of the locations that they put in was the, the gravestones and the, um, I believe the sheriff's name was involved, like, and uh, the, the names of the tombs um, in the movie, um, the like Egyptian tombs. Um, and all of these things were used uh, in the on this website and gave a location mm. uh, in the woods uh, or uh, which was the perfect location for a a secret uh, to be found. I don't know if mm. anything was actually found there. <laughs> um, so that might be the end of the story, but you can find all of this stuff on on the the surprisingly active uh, read it <laughs> yeah for this movie for this like a24 movie that like yeah yeah very yeah. cool I, I love these little arg things they're always fun to participate in um yeah. and yeah it went really deep and it, it was it was fun for people but i don't know it's always tough when it goes into the real world because it's really hard to find things the world's a big <laughs> bloody place um but yeah it, it's very cool uh, you would hope there'd be like yeah. a big barricade sign or something with the what three words logo on it out there. That would be neat. Um, yeah. Do you think maybe there was something there and like some just, random person just found it and picked it up? Like probably. Like Blu-ray of this movie and they're like, oh, cool. Oh, neat. A movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. That's probably what happened. Or like, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's Who knows what it could have been. We'll, maybe we'll find out someday. Maybe there's more to the mystery. That's the thing about the ARGs. You never know when they're bloody over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say what three words dot com forward slash dark side moon mm. isn't taken yet so the mystery Ooh. could keep going <laughs> it's just that it's three blocks from your neighborhood in, in Auckland <laughs> oh, no <laughs> oh no um yes so 
we've he goes up and finds um on the hill a, a clearing with a bamboo hut and inside are the three girls that he was pursuing at the start of the movie and yeah. quote unquote the final man <laughs> um, is <Yeah>. this character's <laughs> name who is just a rich guy uh, who explains what's going on after a little Yeah, point. he looks like Billy Ray Cyrus. He does. He's played by the the dad from um, Sorry for Your Loss, which is an amazing, sad, sad TV show Aww. that was weirdly streaming only on Facebook. So Whoa. check that out. That's All my right. legit plug for the evening. <laughs> Sweet plug. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So what's going on in this goddamn movie, according to the movie? Um, mm. the man explains that these shelters that we saw, the tunnels, the tombs, uh, therefore wealthy men who throughout history have chosen to lock themselves underground as part mm-hmm. of like a cult, um, uh, for, in order for their souls to ascend to a higher plane. They've been good little boys on earth and they've mm-hmm. gotten rich enough that they will be remembered as the heroes, the pharaohs of old mm. and locking themselves away in underground tombs um, with their companions. And this is the grand conspiracy that's being covered up by secret codes and things. Um, so it's revealed that Sarah and her roommates that we saw um, were chosen to be Sevence's uh, companions or wives. Mm. Um, and the car accident that Sevence died in was an elaborate hoax uh, used to fake all of their deaths so that they can spend six months together hanging out in this tomb before their ascension. Yeah. Um, Pink Floyd saying the old man died over this <laughs> explanation. Um, they know. Uh, yeah. Uh, probably they die of like asphyxiation, which is pretty horrible. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so... The theme here of this is that these rich men are dissatisfied with reality, much like um, Sam is, and uh, have the power to try and escape it and ascend. And the women that they take along are like um, casualties, effectively, in the path. They are being churned up by L.A. again. Um, Mm. these, these are like considered the lucky ones that get to ascend or whatever, but it's all like a farce, right? Like this is continuing that theme of like these girls just like coming to LA, trying their best and like ending up like the shooting stars, you know, is the idea. Um, yeah, it's like layered on really, really thick by, um, the guy he describes it um, a bit later on that um, Sam is living in a carnival um, world where everything is fake and like nothing matters. Like the prizes you can win are a car, a brand, a new car or like two weeks of vacation or money to retire on. That's what he's saying. Um, mm. And that like nothing matters here. And he says, this isn't a world that anyone with any sense spends much time living in or worrying about. Um which is rough again, like suicidal feelings. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or just being that rich that you're like, that you don't care about reality. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So what did you think about this being the main, like where it all pretty much ends up? I I do like that there's an explanation, but I felt immensely dissatisfied (laughs) with this ending. It's not like, it's not like as deep 
it, it, it makes sense that it's not something like incredibly deep and there is an explanation for most of the stuff that's been happening um as far as like what sam's been up to but like again i feel like most of the the real mystery of this film is like surrounding like my take of it right like that's the the secret (laughs) meaning um or whatever but maybe that's like it's meant to to be read into way too much and it's and having a simple uh well quote-unquote simple um having a fairly like mundane kind of ending to this movie even like bizarre as it is uh like having an undercut ending more so mm. uh, is is appropriate because it's not like <sighs> conspiracy theories are usually explained with something fairly simple or something that like uh, makes sense. Right. And so I think like having like a, a big bombastic crazy ending to this um, would be too much. It is pretty crazy, but it's not like wild um yeah if it had been aliens or something it would have been too yeah far. it could have been yeah like like could well <laughs> have been this movie goes some places um i think you hit the nail on the head with it being quote unquote normal is it's like it feels just a little too weird and just a little too normal yeah that like it feels like it's doing neither of the things like it's not really undercutting it and it's not really that satisfying it's yeah. just kind of doesn't yeah. commit it's a shame yeah i agree but like I, mean, I don't know what else it could have been yeah i don't <laughs> like, know it's really weird yeah. um you, they had to tie the threads together somehow um yeah anyway uh he's like well so sarah's down in this tomb and he's like yeah we could try and get her on the phone and so he calls her and we get a video chat <laughs> with sarah like <laughs> sealed in this bunker um uh and she's like you like looked for me you don't even know me (laughs) um which is really funny um again like his obsession has driven him this far um Mm. and yeah like he uh she's like flattered that um he would uh look for her um and but she is also like happy to have chosen this she's like she is like here and there's nothing really he can do about it and she's like uh she says um she like sort of accepts her fate when he's like, she's, he's like, you're going to go, you might die down there. She says that she's um, uh, happy to die, happy with her choice uh, down here. And mm. yeah, they have like a touching kind of goodbye to each other over brain damage. Um, and yeah, uh, she advises um, him. He, he mentioned having a dog, but it died back in the day. Um, uh, and she advises him to get a new dog um, saying that it would, it, uh, a little unconditional love would be good for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dogs in the movie, I believe represent, represent unconditional love because of this statement. And by him being the dog killer, he's like destroying all like chances for love that he gets. Like he had Mm. that relationship is not over it and is destroying all, like killing the dogs effectively he's like shooting down any chance of love is what i'm saying here heck yeah yeah and he's still carrying the biscuits because Because he's still you know still holding on to that old relationship yeah yeah he still thinks he can he still thinks he can repair it but he kills it whenever he sees it exactly yeah oh wow that's good yeah um so yeah, we do get them uh, saying goodbye to each other, as Pink Floyd saying, "I'll see you on the dark side of the moon" as well, which is nice. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, Sam uh, drinks 
some of the tea because he doesn't know what to do now um offered by the final man because they solved the mystery but it's like fuck (laughs) (laughs) he feels sort of hollow afterwards i think he doesn't really know what to do um and uh one of the brides shares a vision of how she sees the ascension taking place involving them turning into light and like ascending Mm. um and yeah uh this is where he uh, talks about living in a carnival thing, etc., And they all pass out because the tea was drugged. Um, yeah. Because they're preparing for their ascension here. They're going into the tomb. Because um, they I don't believe they can know where they're being put <laughs> as part of this whole thing. And the homeless king arrives to take them there. He emerges like the groundhog, sees his shadow, mm-hmm. and takes them into the underground tomb. Um, and yeah. Uh we end the album here, the, the going into the heartbeats as um, Sam wakes up chained to this chair underground and the homeless king is like grilling him because he's found these dog biscuits in his pocket. And the homeless king like uh, asks him why he has them. And yeah, Sam explains that he used to like this girl a long time ago that had a dog and she stopped loving him. And he admits to the homeless king and to himself that he was waiting for the girl to take him back. And when she did, she'd be able to give the dog a treat and rub its ears and everything would be all right again. Um, Yeah. So, like, that's like the truest thing he's said all movie, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And, yeah, it's like we have Speak to Me coming in over that um, realization and going into breathe, which is really nice. Um, and yeah, uh, this final acceptance is basically all the homeless king needed. He needed him to like learn this lesson, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he lets Sam go as so long as he doesn't mention any of this to anyone, any of this wild yeah. shit. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Sam walks home to his apartment. He like emerges out of like a sewer drain or something. And then, um, uh, walks home and he sees that the the girl on the billboard who I suspect is his ex-girlfriend is being covered over with an advertisement um, featuring a clown in the exact same like position. And yeah, yeah. Uh, again, like covering over that part of his life. He's like now moving on. And so is the world. And also, mm. um, uh, yeah, continuing the carnival motif from the guy, what, what the guy was talking about earlier. Um, as well saying like the, it doesn't actually matter like um uh also the he walks past the beware the dog killer graffiti again hammering home that whole part and mm. um that's fading off the window as well um now the girl's been like scrubbing away all film <laughs> and it's now yeah. disappearing um but yeah he's, Five days. he's letting go of that part of the of the the bad part of him um not getting over her as well yeah yeah um so yeah sam returns to his apartment and the keep quiet rune um the has been like painted onto his wall the big uh hobo code symbol um like a huge (laughs) like massive paint on his wall it's so good um and yeah he watches the film um that his mom wanted to him, him to watch on vhs as uh yeah we go into on the run and yeah he goes over and sleeps with his uh, parrot-owning older neighbor that he was perving mm-hmm. on at the start of the movie. Um, getting over his ex, I think. Like, going over and having sex with her, I guess. Um, and, 
Yeah, he asks her yeah. what the parrot is saying um, because we've been thinking about that for most of the movie and she says she doesn't know and uh, Sam is content with the mystery being unsolvable as well. Um, so, the yeah. development there. Um, and, yeah, from this apartment, he watches as the landlord and the policewoman come in to find his apartment empty and in disarray and he sort of smiles like half happy half triumphant or whatever he looks really <laughs> weird um and we get the crash sound and on the run and the title card for the film going into the credits there yeah. we go we did it what did you think <sighs> how did it sink it's a long one a lot of theories a lot of rope yeah i mean my goodness like i'm looking at all of these strings here i'm yeah, seeing I'm seeing truth of who dog killers are. I'm seeing why people vape. I'm seeing- Why do people- You know, <laughs> sorry, I can't lead the walking school bus tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm seeing everything, but I'm not really seeing a high number. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's just too much <laughs> fucking going on in this movie, man. <laughs> it's just- Yeah. It was impossible to catch things. There was some- um there were some good ones that freaked me out at the start with everything lining yeah. up um but beyond that not too much um mm, it reflects the movie's weaknesses in a way that like yeah it synced a little bit but not enough to really be said for anything it's true like, i don't know yeah. i feel like okay about it i, I want to say like mm. four um yeah i was thinking four cool all right there we go done sweet and i choose four because it confirmed my bias because you said it and I immediately went, it must be right because I think it's right. <laughs> there we go. Conspiracies. <laughs> Conspiracies. We did it. We solved it. Mm. <laughs> Aren't we good? Oh, we did it. Oh, man. Oh. So my Another choice. Case closed for the Sink Floyd boys. Yeah, your choice. My choice coming up. Um, I was thinking we should do another big movie. Another like, not a like super long movie, but like a tentpole movie best of all time kind of movie um Ooh. and so yeah and i was i was quite taken with the old um the the homeless king in this movie as well and i was like man that looks fun that looks like it would be a good time being a king i just i just can't wait gareth basically to talk about <gasps> the lion king <laughs> next you know, oh that was gonna be like when you said last time um that you wanted to just do one of your favorites with um princess bride i was like cool we should do lion king as well yeah so, yes amazing oh, thank you yeah man hype oh my, oh, my goodness and my Pum stories Pumba. i've seen that <laughs> i can't wait yeah i i yeah it's like being king yeah Alrighty. Oh, well. Cool. Well, goodness me. Um, Sink Floyd Pod on all your favorite websites. We did the plug. We did the plugs, though, so <laughs> stuff you. <laughs> um, Get out of here. You go, go home. Go home and hug someone. <laughs> like, uh, I think my cat is scratching at the door oh. after these hugs I'm talking about. Oh. So, I've been Gareth Blackler. I've been James Barron. And look, once you've followed all the codes, you'll know where to go. And that will be where we'll see you on the dark side of the moon. You 
You and I Ooh. turning like teeth. <laughs> Bye.